You're about to listen to Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. It's a comedy video game podcast. We would like to stress that the hosts are not experts and are really just very crass commentators. Seriously, this is an explicit podcast that happens to talk about video games sometimes. So please enjoy this pretty okay podcast with Tyler and Dave. Hello, Internet, and welcome to three old dudes finally being back together with old du- one one other old dude who hasn't been on the show being on remotely play I'm, old games. I'm pretty sure you just wizard. said old doo-doo. An old... Good <laughs> <laughs> old doo-doos. So, uh, yeah, we are talking about, courtesy of the randomizer, King of Dragons. For the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. That's right. And of course, this was on a, a short list to bring one Sandwich Pope, Phil Hawkins, on the show for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So welcome back since uh, Cool Patrol, maybe? 596 yeah, Bassmasters Classic, February 3rd, uh, 2021. <laughs> yeah, Bassmasters Classic. I have a, How can we ever forget? <laughs> I have a house guest. <laughs> Visiting us this week, and uh, the house guest. Congratulations! What episodes I have, I have been on. Yeah, it's uh, both kid and play are here, and we're going to have a <laughs> wild party. It's oh, it's a regular house party. Hey, so something for the wiki. This will be the first episode Ian and and Phil have been on together for. So. Yes. Yeah, you That's guys have for the books. Ian has has kind of replaced all guest hosts remote. Um, he's he's Ed McMahon this chair <laughs> very effectively uh, yes uh. <laughs> all right you are <laughs> that is correct that was my bill hartman doing ed mcmahon yeah i don't actually know how ed mcmahon sounds i just know what <laughs> phil hartman sounds like doing ed mcmahon exactly <laughs> Yes. I'm kind of the worst because it's like um, a few episodes ago I was talking about like the Carson show and like how it was really important and all that. And I've been watching like a lot of um, Conan clips and Letterman clips on uh, YouTube. So it like recommends stuff and it recommended a Carson clip and I watched like two minutes of it and I was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Carson appealed. I can recognize it was important. It was important. That's really but good I, of me. Moving but on, but I don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Carson appealed more to the older crowd, yeah. and and to the kids who like me who were lucky enough to get to stay, to stay up late up. and watch Carson. Yeah, there are a few. I'll never forget the the Carson bit where he has on the guy from Dragnet, and they're doing tongue twisters. Was it Friday? Yes. All right. And he doesn't move his arms oh, when he walks. Man. Thanks, Nick at night. <laughs> Thank for that, you. That's all I ever think for that about. That fact that's chiseled into my brain until Forever. the day I fucking die. Core memory activated. <laughs> it really is. I'll never forget that. It's fucking wild. <laughs> it's insane. Can I remember my third grade teacher's name? Nope. But I'll remember that fact <laughs> from Nick at night forever. But there's because he's so stone faced. And he's perfect. He delivers like a minute-long tongue twister that's unreal without pause, flinch, anything. I remember like when I was a, a senior, my teacher, my drama teacher brought in like the best of Carson. We watched like two hours of it. And it was – that's the one that stood out to me forever because I thought that's that's amazing. <laughs> 
That is amazing. I'll have to look that up. That's probably on YouTube. I would have stuck around for that one. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I always liked when he would bring on the animal guy, the zoo guy. Jack, Jack, Hanna. Jack Hanna. There we go. Thank you. That was always a fun one for me. I always liked seeing the, the animals would all inevitably crawl up into someone's hair right. or shit on them or yeah. something. So, yeah. It was a good, good TV. So, before we, uh, we bear down on King of Dragons... Too soon, man. Up to? Too soon. <laughs> I uh, finished up. I mentioned off mics last week that I started watching Death Note, mm, mm-hmm. the anime uh, on Netflix, and I finished it uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Are you going to watch the Netflix I, I already adaptation? Did. I already did. <laughs> you did. I had already, you watched, had already it, watched it, but it was so long ago, I barely remembered. Gotcha. All I remembered from the live action one was that um, Green Goblin was in it. As <laughs> Willem Dafoe plays, is he in it? Willem Dafoe plays Ryo, oh, the oh the demon, the, oh. the death god. But okay. he's but he's using his Green Goblin voice. So and yeah. they don't ever really show Ryu very close up. Um, Ryu, for those who don't know, is this Shin, Shinigami, a mm-hmm. god of death, who bestows this notebook. You know, I'm a bit of a god of death myself. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy myself a bit of a god of death. Uh, he drops this notebook for this kid to find, and when you write someone's name in it, they die. I'm not going to get any farther into it than that, because I think most people probably know that if they're at all familiar with Death Note. Yeah. But there are like but 38 rules or something else. It's a lot that. more. It yeah. goes up into like the 80s. At some, and I think they, you know, obviously, I think they were writing a lot of those along the way as um, mm-hmm. MacGuffins <laughs> to cover some yep. potential plot holes. But uh, now I really enjoyed the cartoon, the anime. You know, I really thought it was good. Thought it was a little long, and I think towards the end it was a little bit contrived. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I did enjoy it uh, a great deal. My youngest son Miles is super huge in anime, and he uh, was thrilled to find out that I was I had been watching more uh, since hosting the show with you guys. You know, we watched Full Metal Alchemist, and mm-hmm. I watched Cowboy Bebop and Avatar mm-hmm. and all those. <laughs> so he was thrilled to, <clears throat> to hear about that, and he recommended it. So I watched it, really loved it. Um, but then I did go ahead and rewatch the uh, live action one, and I got to tell you, taking like thirty-seven <laughs> episodes of a very popular TV show and condensing it down into an hour and a half long movie, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. A little impo- <laughs> po- impossible, maybe. It's, it's a completely different story, and they actually leave you hanging on a on a particular fact that I feel like needed resolution because I know they're not, I doubt they're going to make a second oh, movie. Uh, nope. They got flamed so hard. Oh, they, no yeah, they did. They really did. And I can see why. For the uninitiated, I could see how it might be a neat horror film. Mm-hmm. But you miss out on so much by not having seen the anime. A lot of the little Easter eggs they throw in there and a little references to the original cartoon to you know for fan service yeah um are just missed because you know you have time for that in an hour and a half definitely but i did enjoy it and that, that was kind of the highlight of my week really everything else was kind of mundane but uh i'm moving on to um i don't know what i'm gonna watch next i'm still in a anime kind of state of mind so i may watch attack on titan uh, i was told that was really nice. good i really like the first season if you want to cry yeah. Um, I was going to recommend this one to, to both of you, actually. Uh, Ranking of Kings okay. uh, is one that is like, it looks like an anime for children. 
uh, and it is 1,000% not. Okay. And, like, I've watched three episodes of it, and, like, at the end of even, like, the first, every episode so far has been, like, gut-wrenching. Really? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just an anime, and it, it cannot be that sad. <laughs> What's it yeah, called? It's been, it's been rough. What were you saying, Phil? What's it called? Uh, I believe it's called Ranking of Kings. Ranking of Kings, okay. Let me ver- let me verify that real quick before um <laughs> before I go one thousand percent on the record. Yeah, Ranking of Kings. It's uh we've been watching it on uh Crunchyroll and I think it's got a second season now, but we're just working through the first the first season. But like if you Google it, it's like you'll the first image you'll see, you'll be like, ah, I don't see how this could make me. I don't see how this children's show could make me possibly feel um, emotional at all. But essentially, it's about um, this um, this kingdom where the the king is this like he's become king by like proving himself in battle, and he is like the in the anime they really play with style and like how things are drawn, uh, and he looks very like he looks enormous, like he he legitimately looks like a titan and he's like drawn with like deep lines so he's very like muscular and he's like he is the king because through battle essentially like he defended the land through battle and because of that he's king he's good gregor Clegane. so <laughs> yes so it's like well i don't know yeah i, I mean I, i'm not sure exactly where he lies honestly mm. so uh but he did a good thing yeah um so he has Two sons, um, and so like this whole kingdom is like raised around around like um, you know being strong and being powerful. And he has these two sons, and it's like one of them is going to have to succeed him because he's dying. Um, and there's and there's one son who is uh, a total uh, King Joffrey, if you will, mm. uh, and he's very good at everything, and he's you know. Um, he's, he shows potential to be powerful and like a good swordsman and all that. And then his other son, um, is mute essentially. Um, and it's like, it is insane how much like, I I don't, it's like the amount of, they do a really good job of like making you empathetic towards this character. And it's like, he goes through a bunch of, bunch of bad shit. Uh, and it's like it every time I see it, it just breaks my heart. And then they like, they do that thing where it's like, but then the really good thing happens. Uh, and then like at the, at the peak of that really good thing, they're like, and then the bad thing happens. It's like, that this, tracks. It's a clip. Yeah, that so tracks. I mean, it's just constantly just up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, and he like befriends this, um, like this demon creature, uh, who is kind of like the last of his kind kind of deal. He honestly looks like, um, the dwarf in the jar uh, from like Full oh. Metal Alchemist. Okay, okay. Or, or he he looks like that, like a cross between that and um, what's that uh, Matt Grenning show? Uh, Disenchanted. Disenchantment. Uh, the like the little devil character is like a, a mix between like those okay. two things. Oh. Um, who like in the second in the first episode of that, like he meets the the prince, this mute prince, and um, they have this like relationship that's like. Man, it really like shows like the endearing qualities of the prince because like he's just like like he goes out and then the demon essentially robs him 
And it's like, give me everything you got. And like, he doesn't have anything. So he's like, give me your clothes. So like the kid just takes his clothes off and gives it to him. And like, then just tags along. Like we're friends essentially. <laughs> so like, kind of like giving Dobby a sock in yeah, Harry Potter. Presumably, <laughs> yeah, presumably. Like, I, I don't know. I've seen one. I've seen one and a half Harry Potter. If you give it, you know who Dobby is, right? The house, the elf. little house elf. Yeah. If you if you give something to a house elf, oh. they're immediately free. They're it's like it's what uh, frees them. Okay. But they are kind of a life debt to you now, sort of Chewbacca esque right. sort of deal. They're always going to be around for you. That's how. Did you know? At That's least how for Dobby, that was. Most house elves in the Harry Potter universe are fine with being like basically slaves. That's what they've been brought to believe that they should be but dobby dobby was all like about Mr. it so he gives so he gives dobby a sock and then dobby's like and house elves are like ridiculously powerful magic users like way more powerful than like most wizards yeah they don't need wands they don't need anything their magic they're functions just, differently they're just boom do whatever and dobby was a Badass. Did you know that Han got Chewbacca by giving him a sock? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I thought he gave him his bandolier. It was a space sock. It was a space still, sock. It was a sock. Right, a hyper sock. It's hyper sock. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I didn't mean to go off on a long thing about that, but hey, it's a, it seems like a pretty, good, cool. pretty good show. I got one other thing I wanted to bring up if it's all right. Yeah, I please. Wanna, I don't want to take up all the time, but... Mm -hmm. We got time. I got... Uh, anybody who knows me knows I love pizza. Mm -hmm. I love me some mm -hmm. pizza. And I'm always, there's this place that opened up in Paducah recently called the New York Lounge. What? No, I didn't know about this. It's, it's in the New York New Lounge York, Lounge? Nine Eye Lounge Lounge. Okay. <laughs> their, their, their logo is fucking horrible. Yep. It's awful. Oh, is that yep. a joke on the logo? Yeah, is yeah. It, it's okay. like, it, says everything, it, twice. it's it says everything. When you read it, it it's, reads as Nine Eye Lounge Lounge. But is this a visual novel? It started. Yeah. <laughs> the Nine Nine Lounge. It's in that big. It, welcome to Paducah Cast. It's in that place that used to be that big Chinese restaurant over by where I live. Oh no, not the cursed, it's not the there. cursed building. Oh yeah, it's in there. Yeah. Well, it originally started as it was just going to be a nightclub, and they were going to have bands, and you know that never yeah, works around here. Never fucking works around here. Yeah. So apparently, and it won't. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, we're just not that kind of. We're not a nightclub having town. Not nope. really. Uh, but so apparently that didn't work out, but they had already spent all the money to get the place done right. You know, they cleaned it and made sure everything was safe and no more mice and all this stuff. But mice uh, some safe. other guy took over and he started, he, he turned it into a pub slash pizzeria. And so now it's called the New York Lounge Pub and Pizzeria. Okay. Just great. It's fine. So we were like, and they have a special, a carryout special. It's Brooklyn style pizza, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you get a one topping for like eight fifty or something. It's cheap. Okay. And okay. I thought, all right, worst case scenario, this pizza is going to be awful, and I've blown sixteen bucks on a couple of pizzas. No big deal, right? It takes a lot to make me hate pizza. Hate a pizza. Oh boy. It's got to be racist <laughs> well, as fuck. So, yeah. You know what grinds my gears? It's foreshadowing yeah. a little bit because yeah. so for the last we usually get a pizza every week, one night every week. And we went the first time and we went went back. We kept going back to get more because we really enjoyed the pizza. It was okay. it's very basic, very simple, but it was good and it was cheap. So we were That didn't go where I expected it to. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yet. 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 
here where the mice come back in. <laughs> yeah, no, no, nothing that bad. Nothing that bad. The, we, we go back this past week to get some pizza. It was like Thursday night or something. I go, I place my order, and I go, and then I sit in my car for, I live really close to there, so I went ahead and left, and I sat in my car for a minute, watched the protesters across the street mm. uh, for a few minutes, and then went in, picked up my pizza. I, st- I had to stand in there for a few more minutes, picked up my pizza, took it home, opened the box, and they were both just burnt, like burnt to a crisp, black almost. Like on like top? Like dry, yeah, top, bottom. Because I've had, was, I've had burnt yeah. B- bottom pizza before. This was the good, cheese was burnt. What the? The on t- um, both pizzas were burnt. One wow. was just a cheese pizza. The other was like a pe- half pepperoni, half sausage. They were both burned. So I immediately, I'm like, nope, they're close enough. Yeah, I'm calling them. Yeah, I call. <laughs> of course, the woman that answers the phone is the one woman that works there, which is his wife, the owner's wife. I'm like, hey, I just picked up my pizzas. They were burnt. I'd like to see about getting either my money back or getting them redone. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let me go get him. Hold on. He's busy coming on a pizza. <laughs> Can you hold? <laughs> not, not on that he's one yet. He's busy burning a pizza. Can you hold a minute? <laughs> he, uh, so after a minute, he gets on, and I'm like, hey, the pizza's burned. It just is, and I'm not trying to make trouble. I just don't – I can't eat this. Uh, sir, that's the way our pizzas are. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, Starting okay, today? okay. So <laughs> let me let me make this clear. This is not the way these pizzas are supposed to look. Well, the kind of ovens we use, they do, they get all just south of well done every time. I'm like, dude, I have purchased a pizza from at least one pizza a week from your establishment every week for the past month and a half. None of them have come out looking like this. Mm. Well, man, you get when you order, you got to tell us that you want a a a, a light non-burn pizza. A light bake is what he called <laughs> a it. Bake. A light bake. I'm like, I have never had to tell you <laughs> that I needed a light bake. Sir, could you blaze this one, please, for me? <laughs> Did he also say like Gordon Ramsay's gonna love this pizza? <laughs> yes. He goes, yeah, yeah, yes. He oh, goes, man. he goes. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'll remake them. I'm like. Okay, I'll be back. He goes, you need to bring those pizzas with you. I'm like, of course. I want to make sure we didn't mm-hmm. eat it all and then say it was burned. You put these in your oven and burned them and brought them back. Right. I know what you're doing. <laughs> so uh, the I, old bird of pizza, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because that benefits me so much. <laughs> you know, gas being so cheap. Anyway, I picked up the pizzas, got them in my truck, drove back down the street to the oh, place. Oh, God. No, it's fine. I was just hoping that your <laughs> p- new pizzas were burnt. That's all. <laughs> See, I told you, that's how we make them. <laughs> he intentionally, uh, you didn't say light yeah. bake. Remake them for me, light bake. You didn't say that. <laughs> I put, Sir, we're teaching you a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. so I go back. I, and I go back in the front door and I set the pizzas on the counter. And, of course, he comes out. And he's ha- he has a broken leg. So he's like walking on this big plastic thing, you know, hobbling out there holding these pizzas. And I was like, hey, man, thanks for redoing those for me. I don't mean to be any trouble. It's just that these, you know, we just couldn't eat them. <laughs> these he, he, opens, he opens the ones I bring back to make mm-hmm. sure I brought back all the pizzas. But he looks at him and he goes, yeah, this is the way these are supposed to look. And I'm like, let me just reiterate to you that there's, I bought a lot of pizza here. It's never looked like this. I opened the new ones. 
to check, mm -hmm. they looked fine. They yeah, looked but those good. are light bake, Ian. Come those on. Those were light bake, you <laughs> fucking idiot. You I was like, this what is the, the way the pizzas have always looked. Yeah, you got to tell us. Like, I'm like, okay, wow. man. Wow. I said, look. Sir, your customer service, I got to say, is excellent. <laughs> you got to ask for non-rude service. You didn't say non-rude service. Sir, you've been a delight to speak to today. <laughs> anyway, I, so I was like, thanks for that and whatnot. And I took the pizzas and went home and we ate them. But, but before I left, as I was going through the door, he looks at the pizzas again and he turns around to me and goes, hey, do you want these? And I was like, no, they're burned. <laughs> and I left. And I went home and I told Tanya the story. And I said, you know, at this point, I would rather just get it from somewhere else because I don't, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to pay good money to be mm. gaslit yeah. about whether or not the pizzas always look like this. So it's like, nope, fuck it. So Those Nine Nine Lounge Lounge. Nine Nine Lounge Lounge is off my list. Oh, yeah. Damn. It's a shame, too, because again, it was decent pizza. And up till now, I hadn't had a problem. But if the guy. It, if it was just a legitimate mistake, which it was because sure. there were people in front of me, I know he left it in there too long. And he was like, oh, shit, and he was pulling it out. Right. Uh, it's fine. This is the way we do yeah, it. Yeah, don't try to pass it on. Uh, 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 no, if, oh, if he gosh. had just said, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me redo those for you and sent me on my way. Hey, man, it would have been a one-time thing. Gordon, our food's amazing. Shit. I don't know why no one's coming back anymore. <laughs> But no, it's but pizza not. profits as slim as they are. I mean, you got Sometimes you got to sell a couple burnt ones. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hell, he was practically giving them away by the time he made me the other two. But you know, I'm just not. I'm not about it. They're not going to last much longer. Every time I go there, there's there's literally no one there. It's like, and that her kids are like running around all the time. Yeah, that building is like. I'm sure this is very interesting. To sure, but the people. ghost of all Bobby Holman. It's, it's there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, that building's so huge. It's you know enormous. what I mean? And it's like, that's, it I don't know. It was made for, well, a big Chinese buffet is what it was for so long. But that's even like, even like to, by today's standards, that's way too big it's for a, a, a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like it's got the like restaurant. Four I don't know big rooms. Walk could go in there, yeah. Cause it was a destination place when it was the Holman House. Because remember they had the right. the coffee room and the garden room with the swing. But that's what like, it needs to be. It's it like a, a destination. Huge, yeah, it can't just be some place. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it really. They need has to turn to it into a four room bingo hall, and it will be packed to the gills every yeah. night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Phil, what do you think? Um. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done. I'm done. See if I can find put them in the show notes. New York Lounge Lounge. Everybody order <laughs> live baked pizzas <laughs> from New York Lounge Lounge. No, don't. They're don't. They're just they're kind of struggling. I'm not trying to bring hell fire upon these people. I know you're not. Just so, call and complain that your pizza's burning. Don't don't give <laughs> and then hang don't, up. Don't don't, don't do say it. what it was. Don't, don't say don't, don't do say that. You don't do, do like for real. My sister kind of I, did. I tell this story on the show. Uh -uh. She probably it's a pizza related story. Uh oh, okay. and she probably. I don't know. She's probably fine with me telling it. Um, <laughs> she's vegan. Uh-huh. And she and her husband were... It's plus $4 stats. Yeah, and she, yeah, absolutely. Great. It's the best decision she made, honestly. <laughs> um, she um, and her husband were going to uh, visit... He's a, also a vegan? A location. They're both vegan. Okay. And... Um, they wanted to check out this pizza place. And because, you know, th before they left, they're looking around, you know, where could we eat? What looks nice? Uh, and they find this pizza place. And she's like, well, let me call. 
and see if they have a like a vegan pizza option. Uh-huh. So um, she uh, she decides to call and she calls and the woman is. Uh, very rude to her, and <laughs> essentially says, "I mean, we could not put we could not put cheese on it." <laughs> and so, like, she's like explaining to the lady that that does, you know, like, and then like, so it just went bad. And so she decided to, and this is where it ties into, please don't call Nine Nine Pizza Lounge. Uh, Get she, it right, David. Nine Nine Lounge Lounge. Sorry, Nine Nine Lounge Lounge. Um, she decides to get on Reddit on the vegan subreddit and kind of vent some of this frustration. Uh-huh. Rightfully so. You know, I feel uh-huh. like you've just been kind of through something like this. Someone's been rude to you and shitty. And maybe you want to talk about it on a podcast or on a subreddit. Do not get Reddit involved. Oh, God. <laughs> Getting Tadpog involved is bad enough. So she, they read it. The vegan subreddit fucking eviscerated this oh place. God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, review bombed. And like, I mean, like, and so the lady... Called my sister back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so now she's uh, griping at my sister because her reviews are going to dog shit. And my sister's really nice. And she, so she, like, feels bad about it. And, you know, we were, she was talking to me about it. And I was just kind of like, well, I mean, she was rude. And I'm not saying that, like, what the vegan subreddit is, is necessarily right. But, hey. It's not like you told him to do it, you know. It's right. not why, like why call your sister back and gripe. Call your sister back and apologize, and then your sister, would, hey, update. They called me back. They apologized. They did this. Everything's good no, now. No, she just like, doubled down. The lady just doubled down. So many people and do dug that. her heels in. Man. Made a Reddit account. <laughs> yeah, this was to, to, no. to like, go on the no. like Amy's bakery style, just, just fucking like dive oh, in there. I mean, no. it was, yes, it was like, and I read the post, and it was like, obviously, to borrow a, a term from the Utes, uh, total cringe. Because uh, I mean, she was in there, obviously knowing nothing about what Reddit is, what a subreddit is, any of this stuff, and she's just spouting off. And people are just like, "Oh my God, she's she's going <laughs> off. She's going off in front of a bunch of vegan Reddit white knights." Here's your shovel. Come on, just oh, dig, dig that, God, dig that grave deeper. Get, yeah. I don't, I don't. There's a few situations that, on, especially on Reddit, that qualify I, as worse than that. No, it <laughs> worse was, ideas than that. I mean, it it blew up. I was surprised because, like, by the time she even told me about it, I was like, "Well, I mean, like, what's the?" Like how many upvotes it's got, and I mean it was I can't remember exactly, but it was enough for me to go holy shit. <laughs> I mean we're like multiple thousands, like that's oh, like wow. yeah. I mean it blew that, that made the, the front page up. I bet that made the front page. I don't know, but she felt <laughs> not great about it. It was like a real it it Ugh. turned into like a real stressful couple days. For I don't her. know for that lady to do what she did. It's just like. When someone tells you the kind of person they are, listen to them and don't feel bad about it. She 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 could have fixed that situation. Oh yeah. Did. Oh no. Totally. Yeah. 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 And that's what I told my sister too. Because I mean, it's just like that's just the worst customer service yep. possible. Yeah. To it just is. like be to, rude to a potential customer. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially saying, you know what, your sale doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's the wrong thing to do when you're trying to get people yeah. to spend money with nope, you. Nope. She could have turned that back around. 
I mean, because if she kept her sister's number, then she could have made a sub. She could have made a, a post and went on and said, "Hey, I didn't understand veganism. Now I do." Think like she completely could have turned it around completely. She, instead of doing that, she also messaged my brother-in-law, my sister's <laughs> husband, to <laughs> complain about his wife, my sister. That'll, that'll work. Like, I mean, it was just like this woman was... <laughs> I hear you. I'm divorcing her. I <laughs> you know what? This is making a lot of sense, lady, for Pizza Place in another town. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> pizza lady. They, Let's so go like, eat meat. <laughs> so, like, I was, I was curious, like, what kind of place... Because now my, like, you know... I'm, tr- I'm desperately trying to dampen the fucking internet troll that lived in me fucking 20 like you know yeah, like i'm I know. really like i'm really trying I know to like that too I you know, know like that, that poisoning that, your crease yeah. right now well you know like in pulp it. fiction where he's like i'm trying ringo i'm trying real hard to be the shepherd right now and it was like one of those moments because i'm like fuck it going to facebook let's look everything up about this business and it's like the reviews are like obviously all the good reviews are at the bottom. Paid reviews. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, oh. they're obviously paid reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the bad reviews are things like, uh, was told to go back to where I came from. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I'd be mean, like real fucking right, they, like. They earned that. Yeah. They earned that bad rap. And again, don't, don't harass the pizza place. Just leave them alone. Yeah. Th- again, they, this they is they not the place that This, this pizza about. place doesn't sell things <laughs> yes. in amounts of 16 ounces, correct? Not that place. Oh, yeah. No. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> it doesn't sell things by 16 ounce quantities? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I made very... I, I, I also don't go into that place anymore since I've seen their Trump and Elvis decoration they all love. So it's oh, been a little bit oh, yeah. in there either. Yeah, we yeah. stopped going there too for that... <laughs> For the Trump reason. Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly I not stopped me. going there because it's too expensive. Yeah, it is a little expensive. So, hey, hey, hey Joe, what's up, buddy? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> not. Not according to the last 30 I'm, minutes. I'm the live right? studio audience. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel I feel really bad, especially because you told me earlier that you typically don't listen to the episodes that you're on. That is, that is true. Um, I don't like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> so, like, the only benefit that you're getting from being here is not happening. I just <laughs> I'm get so to sorry. The episode three days in advance. It's, it's I'm cool with this. <laughs> And some, just some audience participation. <laughs> What's a bad restaurant story you have for us? Come on, let's keep this. Um, well, kind of piggybacking on Dave's uh, story, I once worked at a pizza restaurant in Junction City, Oregon, where um, I totally burned a calzone and then covered it with sauce and sent it out the door because those things take like 40 minutes to make <laughs> and it was near closing time. <laughs> <laughs> So I understand um, how that person uh, may have made that decision. And then when my boss uh, got the inevitable call back and asked, hey, did you send a burned calzone out the door? I was just like, no, I thought it was fine. Like they said it was really burnt. Did you try to cover it up with sauce? I'm like, no, I I thought it was fine. I mean, I can remake it again. Did they ask for a light bit calzone? (laughs) I don't think she bought it, but she didn't push back on it so um 
But there's also a difference between you being an employee there versus like the owner yeah. of a restaurant, right? I mean, I feel like I if you're the totally. owner of a restaurant, you need to be you you you're like the you're the last your livelihood you're, you're the yeah. buck stops you're here. responsible. It's like you gotta yeah. like yeah. Your what is the common denominator in those so, yeah. two <laughs> stories? Is is that the people refuse to admit they're wrong? It's like it's this it's this absolute yeah. like un un unbreakable unstoppable like feeling of like i can't i can't admit fault or else that is somehow a a strike against me as a person so this person's in the wrong i've got to fight back against them um yeah i don't know it's it's their pizza you have challenged my pizza (laughs) honor how dare you sir (laughs) pistols at dawn when I was fixing iPhones, I ran into a lot of stuff like that where people would complain or they would whatever. And there Sir, was some... this iPhone's burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Too much sauce on this iPhone. I don't know why they kept complaining about the sauce I would put on their iPhone. It was exactly Sir, the right amount. Sir, that's how the oven is designed to cook your iPhone. <laughs> you got to order a light repair. <laughs> uh I would have people complain sometimes, and sometimes their complaints were valid. Like I would install a screen, and then the next day it would just cut out. And sometimes those screens were bad. And I would be like, okay, cool, and I'd replace it, you know. And right. other times, you could tell. Like, What'd I, you do to it? I yeah. even you had, tapped it wrong. I even had people bring me other phones, like broken phones that weren't the one I wasn't had the prepared. original phone. Yeah, and it would be like a different model, you know. Like this isn't the phone I fixed <laughs> yesterday. I actually took pictures of the phones when I fixed them, so I could have say some it's proof. working when yeah. it goes out the door, type of thing. And you know, just stuff like that. I would obviously argue, but when it when they said, you know, well, I broke my I broke my phone. I didn't do anything. I just broke it, and I can look and see if it looks like it's been smashed with a hammer. <laughs> that's clearly not a flaw with the design of the screen, you right? Know? But if it had just a little chip or a crack at the bottom. I would generally do that because some, that might have been my bad and I just didn't catch it on the way out. But I was always at least willing to compromise in mm. some way and not like immediately, again, gaslight them and just say, no, right. it wasn't like that. I was, this is the way we do it. You should have ordered a light <laughs> repair. You, should, you know. <laughs> but, this pizza is burnt. Yeah. Sir, this is a hamburger. If you're the, if you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered chicken strips. <laughs> Have you guys ever had to? Uh, so, sorry, um, to to interrupt someone there, but I'm I am curious. I am in the middle of reflooring or the beginning of reflooring our house, and I'm curious if you guys have ever had to go through that process before. No, but I need okay. to. <laughs> no, but I I have done it, but not for myself, and I then need to do it too. The next, the I've laid laminate oh, flooring, God. and that's it. I I am deathly afraid of laying of doing any part of this other than just coordinating with the people who will do the job um yeah i think that's the best route is just, yeah just and i've asked a couple of, you know i've gone onto social media and i've asked uh, folks and there's always a certain percentage of folks that are just like it's easy just lay it down yourself I mean, that is that is not an option i don't want to do it <laughs> no, i don't right, like, exactly i want to have someone who knows what they're doing do it i don't care how easy it is mm-hmm. um that's the way to go. Just don't let them. Well, I don't off. know how to do that. But uh, the people we are working with <laughs> seem like they're good folks, and we've we've been working with them for the past uh, couple weeks now. We had to take a two or three week break while we had COVID, um, 
and and um, that was fine, by the way. Um, no big deal there. Uh, but yeah, we've been Good. we've Good. been just kind of very slowly going through the the uh, introductory steps towards reflooring our house. So bring it. We do Bob Vila's flooring simulator for the SNES. It's a real game. It's a real game. It's a SuperScript <laughs> game, though. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot the tiles into place. You got one one phase is a grout gun where you spray grout and you can't miss any of the spots, and then you have to fling the tiles into place. I had a friend who worked with Bob Vila um, like twenty years ago, and uh, man. He would talk about how big of a dick he is, like constantly. Anytime he got the chance, anytime he got the chance to talk about how Bob Vila is a dick, he was on it. (laughs) His name came up, anything, and like talk about tools, anything. He's just like, you know who's a dick, Bob Vila. (laughs) My pizza is You know who's a dick, Bob Vila. Come on, suck my dick. You know, you know, <laughs> you know who never would do that. <laughs> Not once did Bob Vila offer to suck my dick. I would have taken him up on it many, many times, but he never once offered. So my audio, Dave, my audio just cut out for. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Phil. You're good. We were just talking about Bob Vila sucking dick. That's all. <laughs> you just missed some of that. Now you have to listen to the episode. <laughs> Are you back? Are you good? I don't think we are. I, don't think, I think we lost <laughs> Phil. Phil! Check Discord. Maybe we've dropped him. He says he's still here. Where he's, are you, he's Phil? Type, he's typing. I can't hear you typing. Oh, oh I heard a... I heard a, a, a <laughs> I'm back. Uh, it's, welcome back. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> this will be great. Leaving I can, all that in. <laughs> I can. I can hear. Um, I can go back and re-listen to this, and there will be parts that are fresh to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that, what we were saying. Actually, yeah, that is true. Yeah, and it's all staying in. So the chaos, the chaos will live forever. <laughs> um, I had. Did you guys know that? Like a whole bunch of fucking planets aligned on. Friday, along with like the moon we and like did. all yeah, this stuff, that. like lined up. And um, the next time that happens, I'm I'm staying the fuck home and I'm staying in bed. It was like the I would say the worst day because like nothing like horrible happened, you know, like nothing like absolutely terrible happened. But it was one of those days where it was like it started off with um, Henry leaving. Uh, for summer school, um, which uh, some, that's also weird. When he says summer school, I'm always like, because to me, like growing up, summer school was like a thing you didn't want a to go thing. to. It was yeah. a bad. A it, was, it was for makeup. It was a bad thing. Um, but essentially, now it's just like it, it's just school. <laughs> it's just it's just in the summer, and it's great because uh, my wife and I both work. So, and he likes it. Like he's like doing all these like. Um, like all these math things that are like a little more advanced and it's like, anyway, anyway, so he left for summer school throwing a fit. So it's like, great. This is like perfect way to start the day. Clementine, our dog, uh, gets out. And, um, so she's running around the neighborhood when I need to leave for work. So I, um, 
a part of me is like, maybe I'll just hope she's here when I get back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Nikki even said she'll probably because like I was getting ready when she ran out and she's like, she'll probably be back at the door by the time you're ready. And I'm like, no, that she's never done that. Like she's just going to like run around. Um, so by the time I get ready and I, and I head out the door to find her, uh, my neighbor across the street. It's like, hey, I saw your dog in our yard. And he is like, not the neighbor you want to tell you that he saw your dog in his yard. Uh Um, He's the neighbor who like, when I first moved in, there was uh, a kid who was ringing doorbells in our neighborhood and then ditching. Uh Um, And I was talking to my next door neighbor about it because it had happened to him. And then the guy from across the street comes over and says, you know, if someone did that to me, I'd shoot them. Uh, nice. To which I was like, all right, we're going to not have, we're going to, communications are cut. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for telling me who you are. I appreciate it. So, like, now I'm like, I got to find this fucking dog. I cannot leave for work. (laughs) Saw your dog. I set some bear traps. I'll get her. (laughs) He did say, say, I'll catch her if I see her. And I'm thinking, fuck. Now, like, I have to (laughs) find find the dog. (laughs) So I did. I find her, and she's like, of course she doesn't want to come home. And she's like wet from like running through ditches and burning through witches. And like, uh, so I'm like, so I see her and she sees me and she starts to leave. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I'm like, stay, stay. And then like, I'm pleading with her, you know, stay. And she just kind of like cowers down. I'm like, you're not in trouble. I just need to get you home. Uh, so like she's wet and I'm in my work clothes. Uh, so like I have to do this because like I can't just trust yeah. her to be like go home because yep. she's not going to. So I pick her up and I carry her and she's like not a super heavy dog, but she's heavy enough that by the time I got back home, my uh, my watch was like, hey, good job working out for three minutes. <laughs> 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 Sweating off because it's been so hot yeah. and humid. So I set her down, let the neighbor know, hey, it's good. You don't have to worry about shooting my dog. And uh, I get in the car and I leave for work. I can uh, take one of those legs off for you. She won't do that again. <laughs> right? Yeah. We'll just grind that down. <laughs> you know, where I do all my work in my tool shed at 2 a.m., neighborhood shot to sleep. It's all yeah. good. I can work her in. <laughs> I got no, I have those neighbors too. <laughs> so, um, I'm not late for work, but I don't have time to change or anything like that. So it's just like, well, fuck, this will be fine. It'll dry off. It'll all be good. I get to work. Work's fine. It's just a regular day. But then about like 11 o'clock, and this has been happening to me recently. So this has been happening to me so currently recently that I've scheduled a doctor's appointment for Tuesday to look into this. Um, I've been seeing auras, uh, and not like the cool, like divination kind of yeah. seeing auras. Not like Dane's mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the, it's the very distracting. I can't see through this shape in my vision kind of thing. Ooh. And like on Friday, it started out as this like sphere, just like right in the middle of my vision. And it was like, Oh boy, here we go. And it is like this scintillating pattern. It is like this rainbow. It's like looking through a, prism slash kaleidoscope and um i mean i can see through it but it's like man it's really hard to like read stuff through it and all Mm -hmm. that and like when i close my eyes it's still there when i open you know it doesn't matter which eye i leave open or close it's it's there it's kind of like an eye floaty but instead of it like floating around it just fucking stays in the spot can i ask you a quick question about this sure 
when that goes away, yeah, on it, it goes away on its own. Eventually, Eventually. What, like what happened on Friday was it slow over the course of an hour morphed from a sphere to like a crescent moon shape. And then uh, the crescent moon just gets farther and farther in my peripheral vision. And then it just and then what really sucks is when it gets to the edge of the of my vision and like my whole like side of my like vision just flickers like a like a like oh, film or damn. something going through a reel. And it's just like, do you get? A headache yeah. afterwards. Yeah, that's an ocular, ocular migraine. migraine. That's that, what I talked about this on the show before. Yeah. So that's probably what it is. That's what I've heard before as well. But the problem is, like, I used to get these once a year. Mm-hmm. I've had one of these three times in the past week. So yeah. Some, I find I've found when I haven't had one in a while, knock wood. But I found when I was getting them, it was fairly regular, and then they stopped happening. But your eye doctors should be able to. Or some a doctor. Yeah, or, I'm going to my doc. I, yeah. I I need my annual physical anyway. Yeah, I'm like three years late that, on that. I'm so that tomorrow morning. Well, this will be a freebie then. Your annual wellness visit. That, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. But so usually what I what he told me to do to get rid of it is to close your eyes for three straight minutes. Oh, just keep them closed. Okay. Do not open them. Okay. For like three minutes, and that usually worked for me. Okay. So if that happens, give it a shot. See I if will. It helps, but you'll still get the it's headache. It's like turning it off and turning it on again. Yeah. Kind of deal. <laughs> I like that. You'll still get the headache, but the thing should go away at least for the moment. I will definitely try that next time it happens. I'm not Damn. looking forward to it, but um, yeah, sometimes the headache. Sometimes the headache's not as bad that follows, but sometimes it's really the bad. headache I would get after the ones I was having was it was just south of a migraine. It was bad. But it would usually be very, fairly brief, and then it would be fine. No pass. Oh. So that that happened, and I'm like, fuck this, man. This day has sucked so far. I send Nikki a text. I'm like, hey, I know it's expensive, but I want to get New Asia tonight. New Asia is a restaurant here yeah. in town. They, it's a Chinese restaurant. Um, and it is expensive for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild. We eat there for like fifty fucking dollars, and it's like this is not fifty dollars worth of food. But I mean, what are you gonna do? I want it, <laughs> you know. Yep. So it's we're gonna every now and then we do it. So man, so she says, yeah, that sounds great. So I'm thinking about I'm gonna get lo- the I love their lo mein noodles. Mm-hmm. Their lo mein noodles are really good. Chicken lo mein. Uh, especially like when I drink a beer with it, man, that like the pairing with those two is like, I mean, it is, it's perfect. Um, so I'm like, fuck yes. I'm going to, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. After work, we get the, we get the, uh, the, the noodles, we get all our food, we get home, we get set up. We we're we're eating. I'm eating the egg rolls, dipping them in the uh, hot mustard, mm-hmm. loving it. Eating the wonton soup, loving it. It's like fine. Great. Now it's time to eat the noodles, open them up. Oh, they look, they smell so good. They look so good. I've start, I start, I eat a couple bites. Oh, this is so good. And then a bug lands in the noodles and I'm like, oh, and I try to get it out to save it and just buries itself in the noodles. Oh, and I, I set it down and I'm like, I'm so I'm not the kind of person that can, there are some people like my dad would just be like, eh, protein. And I get I w- that. I would dump it on a plate and find it and then throw it out. I, and then it's just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, but this thing was like, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I it would have been hard to find it. I'll yeah. put it that way. Um, and, and look, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being the kind of person who'd be like, fuck it, protein. Mm-hmm. 
that seems like a very practical way to live. And it's also not how I live. No, no, <laughs> no. So that was just game over for me. So it's like, all right, I'll set that down. And then uh, Nikki was very nice. And she's like, let me go. You want like a, do you want like a cheeseburger or something, champ? And I'm like, yeah. So she got, she got like a, she got me a cheeseburger. And so I'm like, that'll be great. If like, you could immediately grab the bug and throw it out, you would have. Right. Proceeded. Oh yeah. Totally. Would've. But when it burrowed, when it got when all it saucified. Yeah. Yeah. The moment it like, the moment the where moment it was, your noodles became its house. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. That is a really good way. But yeah, if I would have caught it like on the top, totally. I would have yeah. removed like the, 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 the epidural of, <laughs> of the noodles. And so if you were George, off. you would have eaten the donut on the top of the trash. No, but here, but here's my only reasoning why. Um, his, if it were me alone, absolutely. But he's in someone else's house. Oh, they're okay. there. Fair it's point. like, come on, no, you don't do yeah. that. If it's my, <laughs> if it's my house and my trash and nobody's home, <laughs> and I know where that donut came from. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, but never in someone else's house. Like that is just like, what are you doing? Uh, so then, like, so then I'm like, okay, I had a D and D game that night, so it's like, let's fucking go, let's do this. Uh, I love this game. It's a, it's I said D and D game, but it's like a, it's a forbidden, uh, forbidden lands game, which is like this cool like hex crawl exploration game where it's like, as you. Um, crawl the map. Uh, the the setting is kind of revealed to you through through lore, mm. and it's like that's really neat. Um, I really like lore when it's feels like it's thought out and it's cohesive mm. and it like serves a purpose as opposed to it just being there, <laughs> you know. Because um, a lot of times in games, I feel like they're like, "Fuck, we need some lore." So we can make people feel like this matters, you know. That's the kind of lore <laughs> yeah. that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and so we're my characters totally fucking died and it was just like in like spectacularly spectacularly died <laughs> in this like series of events where it's like um i needed to make a dodge roll against this, this fucking zombie it's a fucking zombie uh i need to make a dodge roll against it fail that and it's like okay in this game there's a mechanic where you can push where it's like you can make a second roll but bad things could happen from f like f getting fails on that roll and uh, I failed that roll the second roll the push roll so it's like fuck so what that means is that I'm dealt damage and it's enough damage that it's what's referred to as a critical wound so it's like okay great so we go to the critical wound table and it's like okay roll 2d6s to determine what your critical wound is uh, you want to roll low it's like okay roll 2d6s Roll the 12. So that's yeah. a six and a six. <laughs> Consult the chart. Da, 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 da. Oh, decapitation. <laughs> so the zombie ripped your head off? Yeah, the way we the way we played it was essentially like tore my throat out, you know. Uh, and um, I mean, it was fine. You know, it's never fun when like a character dies or anything. But I mean, it was definitely worse to have the to lose my noodles you know <laughs> but still i mean you know i i've kind of reached a point i guess in i maybe gaming maturity where it's just like even like with limb where it was just like well i mean that happened mm -hmm. i i don't feel bad about the decisions i made so no, yeah. what so what's it matter and that's the same with this with this character this half elf druid uh who died in forbidden lands it's like well i tried to dodge it failed. I tried to dodge again. 
It failed, and due to bad luck, he's dead. None of that's my fault. Right. So, sure. I mean, it just happened. I mean... When I so. message you, tell you about Lim, like, I'm glad it happened because there's a story thing that I had crafted and set aside. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get to that. We'll figure it out as we go. Had no idea how to get there. Now I know how to get there, so I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It's also kind of fun where it's like, I've also kind of reached a point where, like, in this game, I'm excited to play a new character. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I liked that character, but he's dead now. So I want to play a different character and like build that character Play the up. zombie with his memories. Right, yeah. That's how the zombies <laughs> work in this game, we find out. <laughs> All the necromancers just lack memories. So they, need to, they need to harvest them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the next time the planets all decide to align, I can fuck right off. <laughs> I think that's not for another, like, 160 years. Good. So I think you're good. Good, good. I'll be... L- Good and dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we don't know. Uh, and then I also joined the uh, the video game sage uh, forums, which are really cool. I really urge anybody out there to check them out. Um, I heard about it on um, a, a po- another podcast, uh, Drunk Friend, which is like Snes Drunks and, mm. and Travis's podcast and uh, Nest Friend. And uh, I was I was listening to that, and they've mentioned it a couple times. So I finally decided to check it out. Um, it's, it is really cool. There's like this weekly, like NES competition where it's like a game is decided. And then like the, um, like a, you need to meet a certain condition where like this week it was galaxy 5,000, which was like an NES game I had never heard of. Um, so it's also neat because it's like a way of discovering like games that I've totally missed. It was an Activision racing game, like in the style of RC pro-am and it's just a high score challenge. And I thought that was really neat. And they've got like these, um, like every year it's like the community tries to beat all the Game Boy games, like all the games for like a system. Uh, so that, I mean, that's pretty cool too. Cause it like kind of like, I like playing retro games, but it gives us like extra layer of like a, a reason to do it yeah. beyond just like, cause I'm the kind of person that like, I mean, I like doing this stuff, but when there's something extra attached to it, when there's extra meaning to it, it heightens it, you yeah. know? And, and it, then it's just a balance of, like, making sure that it's not work, you know? It's like, right. no, just make sure you, I enjoy this. And not, I'm not doing it just to, just to work. Uh, but it's very cool. Uh, I'm, I'm Johnny Nunchucks on there. So if anybody, <laughs> if anybody decides to join uh, that forum, look me up. Uh, it'd be cool to have more Tadpog people on there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So one, I've I've got two things. One, I just want to bitch about lasagna real quick, please. Fuck so, lasagna. We've, we've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like politically or? This <laughs> <laughs> is my experience today with lasagna <laughs> because I watched a random video and I was um, about making lasagna. And I was like, I know Melissa girls have never had a really good lasagna. They hate ricotta, and like. I do, I do, I'm not a big fan. I've gotten to like it a little bit more over the years, but I don't care for it. No real Garfield in your house. Mm. Right. <laughs> and I, I like the cottage cheese version okay. There's no way they're going to do that. So I was like, well, how about I make them an authentic like bechamel, mozzarella, meat lasagna? So I watched a bunch of videos. I wanted to do it from scratch. Uh, I wanted to make noodles, but I don't have – I may get a pasta machine for my birthday, but I don't have it yet. So I was like, well, I'll just buy the box of noodles and I'll make everything else from scratch. So I did. 
I got up, I made like I sauteed a sofrito and caramelized like tomato paste and made like the whole nine yard sauce. I made bug landed in it. <laughs> Threw it away. <laughs> I mean, it took it took hours. Everything got together because I, you know, I bought whole vegetables that I broke down and diced up and did the whole shebang. Sounds awesome. Everything's coming together, so I've got to do the noodles. So I just went. I didn't want to drive all the way to Walmart. I went to our local food giant. Got what looked like a good box of noodles, made them, and of course, like have them going like nine minutes, have the water on, you know, salted it down, everything. So when I grabbed it, drained out the water, it looked like I had just a pot of ribbons. Like it absolutely just shredded itself. No clue. Like I got out, salvaged what I can, built like a layer and a half, and it was like I pulled out 10, 10 planks, which should have been enough. I got less than half. So I was like, fuck. So I went and got the rest of the box. Same thing. At this point, like, we're about to record. I'm trying, like, I just want to get the lasagna in the oven so they'll have something to eat because it's taking me way longer than I thought it would. Yeah. And then when I make the noodles again, same thing happens. Just shreds. I find one whole noodle that is cooked, and whenever I pull it out, I can see just natural, like, striations in it. So when I pick it up, it falls into four pieces. So... Never buy whatever Ronco brand lasagna noodles. Fuck all that noise. Ronco? I was so mad. I was so pissed. Like, time and money for no reason today. Absolutely nothing. Ronco <laughs> lasagna noodles sounds like something I'd be guessing the price of on Price is Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, fuck it. That's, that's my gripe about that my lasagna sucks, today. man. I'm pissed. sorry to hear so that. Like, oh, you put like a lot of work in three the, hours on the front end. For nothing. And it's not going to be as good tomorrow. The noodles are going to be a little dried out in the fridge. Like... I'm just fucking pissed. Oh, that's the that's the best time to eat lasagna is the day after. The day after. Well, it's not even baked. It's still raw, so I'm just oh, I'm not happy. Yeah, I'm not happy with that's it. That's like chili the next day. Yeah, chili's better oh, the next day. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah, good. That, that water evaporates out of it. It's nice and thin. Yeah. 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 Shepherd's pie, I also like the next day. So the other thing that I wanted to do. So yeah. Melissa and I are laying in bed last night looking at TikToks, and a fun psychology test pops up. And we took it together, and it was really interesting. Okay. It's not like a diagnosis tool. It's just a fun little psychology thing. And I was like, I want to do this with everybody tomorrow. Okay. So if everybody wants to... Here, let me... Phil, do you have uh, paper and pencil handy? Um, yes. Give me half a moment. Does the quiz end with what psychological disorder do you think you have? <laughs> Did you ask for a light bake? <laughs> <laughs> a pizza person. I like a pizza psychology quiz. <laughs> All right. So for this test, it's it's twelve questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'll say the scenario or what's going on, and it's just whatever pops into your mind. So just kind of try to take a mental snapshot of I can do how, right your, how your imagination just <laughs> fills in the question. Okay. And then remember that, and that's what the questions will be about. Is it so, a Mad Lib at the end? Lib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go through uh, bits and pieces of it. Okay. Okay, so the first part. You're in a forest, and there is a winding road full of trees. Okay, so put that, whatever whatever image that conjured in your head. Okay. So first thing to write down, 
Are the trees organized? Like in a pattern? Or are they just all over the place? Okay. Is it night or is it day? What if it changed? Put it down. So the, the path in the trees, is the path wide or is it narrow? Is it well-trodden or barely used? So you are, you are walking down the path, following, okay. following it down, and you see a key laying on the side of the road. Okay. Is that key, is it big or is it small? Okay. Is it old or is it new? What does the key unlock? As you're traveling, do you pick up the key or do you leave it there? So you continue walking down down the path. Okay. And as you come around a turn, you see a bear. Okay. Just a bear in the woods. All right. Is it shitting? <laughs> it, is it? <laughs> do I have my shotgun? Oh, wait. No. Wrong, wrong <laughs> podcast. Are you... Is it... Is the bear menacing or is it friendly? Does the bear scare you? And then how big is the bear? So after a minute, the bear wanders back into the woods. Okay. And you keep traveling down the path. So as you keep walking, again, you see on the side of the road, there is some type of urn sitting on the side of the road. Okay. So the urn, describe it. What is it made of? And then what's inside the urn when you get close enough? Pet food. Oh, are we supposed to <laughs> So you, you continue walking. After you see the urn, you keep walking past it. Okay. And eventually you walk and see a house. Okay. Just a house slightly off the path in the woods. Okay. What kind of house is it? Is it big or is it small? Okay. So as you keep walking down the path, you get close to the house. When you get right up on it, you can hear a man screaming from inside the house, screaming to be let out. He sounds, he sounds borderline crazy. Do you open the door for the man, or do you keep going? Okay. Once, once whatever that is that happens, everything suddenly goes white. You are in a white void after that. Everything you see is all white as far as you as far as you can go. Nothing changes. So once you're in the void, do you stop and stay exactly where you are, hoping maybe you'll get help? Or do you keep walking and exploring and hope something will change and hope you can get out? That is a lot that one's a lot because it's like okay, I'll just write down what I think. Well, I'll tell you where I feel we're like that's not what you've asked me to do. The universe. What Phil? Oh, I'm just I'm re- remembering the Futurama episode where they all get sucked into nothingness. <laughs> Anybody want to play D and D? Vice President. <laughs> okay. okay, so that is the conclusion of the of the test. Okay. So one, first question. All right. If the trees were organized, or sort of point around, this tells you if you crave structure in your life or you are less concerned with those sort of things and the presentation of things in general. Okay. Let everybody answer. I checked so far. I put organized. Organized? I put all over. Same. I I disagree with the 
I guess the quiz because it's like it was it's woods. I don't know. Like when I think of woods, I don't think of like golf courses where like things are nice and orderly. So my brain was just like, well, it's the woods. And it literally says there are trees on the road, so uh, on the path. So it's like mm-hmm. that's probably all over then. I saw it as like a almost like a pre-made path where trees had been planted. Sure. But, uh, you know, there could be woods, but the trees I'm seeing in my head are or- straight down the line. Sure. And I'm not saying that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, no. I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I always, like, with stuff like this, I'm mm-hmm. all, because I don't really think I crave disorder. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do. Well, maybe you don't crave disorder. It's just same things being super organized aren't very important to you. Yeah. Because, like, when Melissa and I took this last night, she saw everything in an organized pattern, and mine had no pattern to it whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil, what about you? Yeah, I picture, I picture like, a logging road through a forest, so a forest is going to be naturally disorganized, and and um, that actually checks out. I'm a very disorganized person. So, <laughs> one for one so far. So, number two, day or night? Day. This is symbolic of... Your childhood and your perception of it. Nice. Interesting. So if it were lighter outside, then maybe you have more fond memories. If it's darker outside, not necessarily that you had a bad childhood, but when you look back on it, the first things you go to aren't hmm. always the pleasant things. Okay, two for well, two. I picked night. Phil, you, what did you pick? I picked day, and I feel that that's generally a accurate description. If I were to look back yeah. at my childhood, it would be in positive terms. I look back at my childhood in positive terms, too, but I do tend to, I think that's probably not far off that I do tend to think about some of the times that weren't so great. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to those faster, probably. Yeah. I have to work a little harder to think of the, to get to the good stuff. So that's probably right. Dave, I think yours is interesting because I know you were basically an only child for a lot of your childhood and then everything changed dramatically yeah maybe that's why that's weird that you say that i didn't even think about that because like it was really weird because when you first said to imagine the the path with the trees uh, without you even asking because my brain's trying to paint a picture of it you know Mm -hmm. it's trying to fill in the blanks that you haven't even asked yet yeah Yeah. me too and at first it was like it first it was night and then when you asked what time like is it night or day it was day so like that's why I was like, what if it changed? Because it did. It was night at first, and then and then it was day. Yeah. That's interesting. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, with you talking about you know my sister being born and all that, I don't know if that has you know something to do with yeah. that. I, I mean, I don't know. Because my for me it was it was night, which I had a great childhood, but I do think of some bad things sure. you know, with with my dad, like in, mm-hmm. and my grandpa and things like that. That's what kind of comes to mind when someone says childhood to me. Yeah. Uh, and then Melissa had daylight because Melissa, you know, she had a, a very, she loved her childhood. I think it's tough to get perspective too, like as a child, because it's like, you know, I think about some of those things that I thought were bad and they were, I mean, they weren't good, but some of those bad memories, it's kind of like, man, I didn't have any perspective. I have more perspective now than I used to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now I kind of realize that, yeah, that kind of sucked, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the worst. It was like a bug burying itself in my noodles. Right. It wasn't <laughs> like, you worst know, thing ever, someone but, dying or yeah, something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So the path, the path represents the path of life that you are on. Mm. 
So if the path is wide, uh, there's a lot of certainty and room and confidence where you are. But if you're on a narrow path, uh, a lot of uncertainty. And then the the state of the path, whether it's trod, you know, well trodden or barely used, is your amount of hesitation and basically confidence that you're you're doing the things that you need to be doing. Mm, barely used being you feel like you're not, or you feel like you are. You feel like you're. I would say because if it's well trodden, a lot of people who have you know have done it before, so you're good. If not a lot of people have used it, then you're striving, you know, you're doing stuff on your own, your own new path. So there's a lot of hesitation to it because you're doing something new. My path was narrow and well-trodden. Mine was narrow and barely used. Yeah. Mine was wide. Mine was also narrow and well-trodden and Melissa's was wide, wide and well-trodden. Yeah. Phil? Same with mine, wide wide and well-trodden. Because it's a logging path, so it's going to be big enough for a vehicle. So it's going to be right. you know, very big. And uh, actually, yep. that that yeah. checks very well, um, both of those descriptions. Uh, so we're four for four on my end so far. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a con- I'm a contract manager at work. So I get called tomorrow, like, oh, hey, we lost the contract. Like, you know, and then there are other options. There are other things that I always try to hold in contingency. So it makes sense for my path to be, to be narrow. But mm-hmm. I also do love what I do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's more of the um, literal, you know, my, my options are not, I don't have a lot in front of me, at least not that I can see. And that's why I feel the path being narrow is, is accurate there. And well-trodden is, I don't know what that means necessarily, but it's. I mean, you're probably confident in your job. I'm confident there i mean i have a i'm because my narrow path my path is so narrow i don't come out of that i don't break away from that much to a point of being less than confident i I just do what i do because i don't want to i'm not big on change yeah i guess so so the key that you encountered the key is a dream of yours that you've had at some point in your life the size of the key was be how one, sort of how important that dream was for you or or how practical the dream is. If the key was small, it's a very practical, attainable dream. If it's big, you know it's bombastic, may or not happen, sort of life goal sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then if it's old or new would be how how this dream came to you. If it's something you've had since you were a kid or if it's something fairly recent, if it's a more modern key or if it's an, an old-ass skeleton key. Mm-hmm. And then what it what it unlocks sort of is analogous to the type of dream it may be. So what kind of key did everybody see? I got a small key mm-hmm. that's new, but it's unknown what it unlocks. Okay. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. I was just about to make a joke about how I'm sure we all chose door, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could guess at what it unlocks, but I think that tracks because you know I've always got these ideas going through my head you know about things I'd like to do or things I'd like to try and you know but I never really know how to get to it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like I know kind of what I want to do and I'm always trying to come up with new ideas but the unknown is for me am I going to have time am I going to have the money to do this do, 
is it going to pan out? You know, should I just not bother? You yeah. know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, unknown is, is for me. Big key for me, old key opens a door. Okay. I had a big... Do you have any idea what that <clears throat> could be about? I haven't been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's I don't fair. know if that qualifies as old or That's not. That's fair. <laughs> Phil? I had a big old key as well, kind of like a, a Ren Faire style of um, two-toothed old brass mm. key with a ring on the end of it that uh, unlocks manacles. Ooh. Ooh. Manacles. I don't know how that relates to dreaming, though, because I do not remember my dreams. They're generally from what I can piece together are, are pretty bizarre. And then they flit out of my brain in all of 30 seconds after I wake up. Well, I took, I took I dreams. Took to mean goals. Yeah. I yeah. took dreams to mean like a, a goal. like a goal or like, okay. In that regard, then I think it's more, so I, I had, we had worked pretty, pretty well towards a goal of me being, um, a homemaker, and that's something that we had talked about for years. So I guess that fits in with the old um, dream. I remember you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That does track. Of how practical it is. I feel it's fairly practical. It's It's been a good... Uh, we're nearing the one-year mark on that, and thus far, uh, I think it's been very well. You might have to talk to, to my wife. My wife, too. <laughs> um, your, your supervisor? Yeah. <laughs> Who may think it's shit. How does... Pay- is he burning those pizzas again? <laughs> How's his calzone game? <laughs> What's your calzone to sauce ratio, man? <laughs> what about picking up the key? What was that significant? Picking up of? the key is signifying of how how attaining it would impact your life. Okay. So if you left it there, maybe you don't want that big upheaval in your life. And if you picked it up, you're ready. You're ready to have that dream fulfilled. I picked up I that picked key. It up. See, I left I left mine there whenever I did it. I had a small clock key that I left there. Free key, man. So Gotta to, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I would imagine, because um, I never, I have like, always have several, I have three important projects basically going on all the time, and I don't feel like I have time to do any of it. So I imagine that's how it pertains to me, but I, I left it there. I picked it up. Yeah? Yeah, I picked that key up. Mm-hmm. Me too. I almost honestly said, like, when it, when the question was, what does it open up, I was really close to legitimately and honestly writing down, like, it opens up a keyhole, like, in Super Mario World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. I've always had this thing about keys. For some reason, I got it put in my head by somebody a long time ago. I've never, th- I've never thrown a key away um, because I was t- told it was bad luck, and it just stuck really? with me. Yeah. Uh, and... If I found if I saw a key lying on the ground, I would pick it up and put it with my other keys because I would feel like it was bad luck to leave it there. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, but I got a box of keys. A box of keys. <laughs> I remember for me, I didn't pick it up because I didn't know what it. You know, I I won't have any use for it. More than likely, it's not my clock. It's going to be useful for, so I'm going to leave it. Huh? I picked it up because this was a big old key. And it was cool. like, and it was cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, totally. Where it's like, it's a big old key. I don't see things like this every day. Yeah. If it had been like, um, like a key to like a, 
like a car or something, I probably would have left it because I've been like, oh shit, someone dropped their car key. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what Melissa said. She's like, somebody's going to come looking for it, so I'm not going to pick it up. Yeah, but a big old key for whatever reason, because it's old. It's like finders keepers. <laughs> <laughs> Phil? Yeah, it was pretty much uh, the same thing as Dave. Um, I see a big old medieval style key on there. I think that's going to look good with my Renfair costume. So I'm going to pick that up and I'm, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's going on yeah. my belt. So then the bear. The bear. The bear. the bear is your life's problems. Okay. So if you see the bear and it's menacing, you're very worried about the problems that are going on in your life. Okay. If the bear is friendly, oh, well, she's, she's just going to work out. Yeah, the problems are there, but... It's going to be fine. Things are going to work out. Uh-huh. Then, you know, if it scares you, it's, again, impacted on the how much anxiety you have about some of these problems. Uh-huh. And then, of course, how big the bear is is symbolic of how big these problems are. I, my bear was friendly, mm-hmm. but it scared me. Okay. Because I'm just scared of fucking bears. I'm just bears. scared of bears. <laughs> They're going to turn on you. You never know. <laughs> I saw a video the other yeah. day of a guy getting chased by a bear who looked just fine, just perfectly friendly. Yeah. He just kept coming up to trees and like watching him and nudging him in the tree, and he'd get closer and closer. Ultimately, the guy sprayed him with bear spray. Yeah. Because, you know, you just don't want to get know. friendly right. with a fucking bear. Yep. So, it, yes, it would scare me a lot. It would. I would freak if I saw a bear <laughs> like in the wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It's like a, not shit on this quiz. I think mm-hmm. it's it's been very fun, and I'm not saying that it's been off the mark or anything like that. This mm-hmm. isn't like a this isn't like a defense mechanism or anything. Mm-hmm. But like, why couldn't it have asked? You see a turtle? Because like a bear is like bears kill people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Like, what if yeah. it's a thing that like I don't know? It has to be like a neutral thing. Yeah. But then again, I guess it's like. If it was a new, if it was a turtle, most people would be like, "Oh, sweet, a turtle!" Yeah, I'm terrified of that fucking turtle. <laughs> right? Like, no, like, who's gonna be? Uh, yeah, uh, very few I've people. had a turtle try to kill me before. Oh uh, fuck! Like a bad snapping turtle, like an yeah. alligator snapper. Oh yeah. fuck yeah! One of those Did you dragons. go for the worm? One of those dragons. <laughs> and you're like, "Ah, shit! It's a tongue." No, uh, I was driving down the road, and there was a great big ass, big, big, big turtle in the middle of the road, and I, I didn't want it to get hit. So I pulled over and I went up to the fucking thing and picked it up. And it had razor sharp claws yeah, and bud. a razor sharp beak and it tried to fucking kill me. Well yeah, you I were... still moved it. I was like halfway to carrying it before the thing, you know, I put him down and he looked like he was going to turn around and come after my ass, so I got in the car and left. It was stupid of me. But initially I was not scared of the turtle. Because I wasn't, a f- I didn't re- right. realize Obviously you weren't, the turtle. Because you picked it up and wasn't, you moved it. I didn't realize it was a killer turtle. Yeah. <laughs> but now you know. If I see a bear, I'm always going to assume mm-hmm. the bear is going to kill yeah, me. Yeah, that's so. weird. It is weird. Because even if it was like a snake, like it, it, it's weird to me that it depends on the animal for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely was scared of the bear. This was a big bear. Uh, Mine was medium. It was menacing. Uh, and then I wrote down big bear. Big Bear chased me, but that's just because of the great outdoors. Um, it didn't really chase me in my mind. Um, but like, if it had been like a snake, it wouldn't have scared me. Yeah, you know, unless it was a big snake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of a rattler. It's kind of weird. Yeah, or, or, or a rattler. In the comments on that TikTok, a woman was like, "By the time you'd asked how big the bear was, the bear had already killed me." <laughs> so I guess that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had a medium-sized bear that was friendly, and I was scared of. So, Phil, what about your bear? How was your bear? So, in my mind, I'm I'm picturing that I'm walking 
turning the corner of this logging trail, and there is a black bear about 50 yards up the path, just chilling, not really paying any attention to me, not a threat, medium-sized bear. But if I am on a if I'm on a hike and I come across a bear, regardless of how chill it is, I'm turning right around and going the other way uh, yeah. as quickly as possible while not like making a big ruckus. So yeah, big or uh, medium size friendly bear that scares me. Yeah, I was. I had a medium size brown bear that was friendly and it didn't scare me. I just kept going. And I still think so I think a, your description of that of stuff was menacing checks out um for what that all means i feel like i'm 11 for 11 so far um in in this quiz cool the urn so the urn the urn is symbolic of your connection to your family and like your parents and older like ancestor wise so parents grandparents and further back so what the urn if the urn the size of the urn is how important that connection is or how strong that connection is for you and the the design is also has something to do with the nature of your your connection and how you feel if it's made of newer materials or if it's older and more simple or newer and more ornate mm-hmm. and then what's what's inside of it is how you see your direct connection my urn was about waist height okay made of clay with a, some for some reason I see an Aztec Southwest design on it, but it's empty. Mm. Don't know. Okay, well, see, I mean, it's like it sounds like you know that family is important to you, but maybe if you don't even know what your connection is moving forward. Yeah, maybe. My dad was always really big on our family history. He even had a before like you could get it done on the internet. He had a historian. He paid someone to go back and follow our family line back to the point in the old west when apparently we were horse thieves i know that much beyond that i don't but shit (laughs) i might have roped one of the chandlers in red dead redemption (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe but you dave uh mine was a big urn uh it was a big pewter urn um and inside were ashes like you know ashes of a deceased Mm. person i see like for those comments, like nothing in ashes were the most common. I mean, which it, also it's an urn. It makes sense. Kind of I like, mean, you say though, I don't know. I, most maybe most people aren't like this, but I definitely the moment I heard urn, it was ashes. Like the moment, like the mm-hmm. word came out of your mouth, and it was like, oh, that's somebody's ashes. That was secondary mm-hmm. for me. I yeah, we have two urns in my house. They're like little bitty that have relatives' ashes in them, mm-hmm. um, and. But that didn't immediately occur to me. I just I thought of a big, big urn, like a big mm-hmm. vase, you know. So, and that's weird because you'd think, like he said, I would have expected to go right to that, but that was not my first thought. I, what I actually meant to say was inside the urn um, was the big scary bear from the previous <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel about your your older? I know because you've got family in very different places. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird because I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Um, my grandmother had a stroke recently um, within the last week. And, um, you know, obviously that's not good. But something that I've been wrestling with is just I don't really feel connect. Like I didn't I felt guilty because I didn't feel as bad as I felt like I should have kind of deal. Mm. 
And um, so I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. And it's, it's just because I've probably, over the course of 40 years, I've probably seen her, I think, five times. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like... Understandable. I know, yeah, and I agree. I do. I think it's understandable, but at the same time, it's also kind of like, ugh, I miss family, you know? But, I mean, yeah, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, and now I live, you know, an eight-hour drive away from, like, nearest immediate family. And so, or I shouldn't say immediate family, but extended family is mm-hmm. what I meant. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's a it's a tough, tough people, area. And we're people, busy. Yeah. We have a kid, and mm-hmm. it's like we both yeah. work, and... It's hard. People deal with things in different ways. I yeah. Mean, when my mom died, I, you know, I didn't. I had so many people tell me that I didn't take it hard enough. You know, yeah, like, that feels like, like a shitty thing, thing to say you to somebody. It's like you don't seem like it's bothering you, or you don't seem like you're that upset by it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, it's my business. Obviously, yeah. I know I'm right. dealing with this I don't know in how my you own deal head. I don't want to share. I don't want to. Go to therapy. I, I understand the concept here. Just leave me alone and don't judge me because of that. You yeah. know? So, yeah, it's it's different for everybody. You know? It doesn't mean I don't care. It just means I have my own feelings about it. Yeah. Right. Phil, what about you? So I pictured a fairly modern brass urn uh, with handles on each side. I, I post- like a spittoon? I posted a picture in chat. I'm picturing like one of the urns that uh, Paul Bearer from WWF uh, would carry to the ring. Very shiny, um, but not particularly um, ornate. Very plain and golden brass colored. Uh, and there are ashes okay. inside because uh, it's an urn, and urns have ashes inside. So yeah, that's um, what Melissa said too. Yeah. So are you are you connected with your your family, Phil? It's interesting. I don't I don't particularly care that much about my family connections. I'm much more interested in, in maintaining good connections with friends. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I am excited when those opportunities arise, when there is a Thanksgiving or a some sort of, of family get together where I can go out and see some of my cousins and aunts and uncles that I've I've got good relationships with. I really don't have any sort of bad relationships with any of my, any of my family on either my mom or dad's side or stepdad's side. So, um, yeah, I generally have, have very good fond memories and relations with family, but I don't, I don't really have any sort of, um, I don't put any sort of weight on our ancestry, on our heritage, on family history. Um, I, it's not anything that, that, really matters to me i guess i get that there's an enemy in chrono trigger that looks like an urn that spits out enemies yeah that's the first thing i saw <laughs> the magic urn yeah right so that mm. that urn and then, so that's the first thing that popped in my head but it was Does it spit out acids and alkalines or maybe they may use that same sprite probably for Man, several things look, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that popped into my head and it sort of turned into then like a very simple, dirty, old brass spittoon uh-huh. that was black, black inside. Like, not just empty, but black, could see nothing, which which lines up, like, um, as I talked about, like, my family, like, my shitty cousin about COVID and stuff and talking shit mm-hmm. about, like, me not wanting to be... So I'm never, never going to that Christmas again, period. Right. And then, like, 
there are things I'm curious about. Like my grandmother was the second youngest on my mom's side. She was the second youngest of 12. So I'm curious about all of those relatives I have, but I have no connection. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about them. Nothing pretty much to do with my dad's side except for his his siblings kids that are around my age i like i've recently gotten to see them mm. more than i have in like the last decade the last year but like i have no connection and and no caring to any of that so all that lined up for me so the house the house is representative of how you view wealth and prosperity So, like, I saw a small log cabin Mm -hmm. for me. So I can only assume that means I don't have huge aspirations of, you know, hitting the grind and getting a ton of money, just kind of content with a worker-style log cabin is how I interpret that. But, Ian, what about you? Mine was a fairly big two-story house. Um you know, like with siding and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like a huge house, but big. Like the house I live in now, only with a second floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a small, unpainted wooden house for me. Um, but I I think it looked like that because it's in the middle of a forest. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, like a lot of this is, uh, I mean, kind of inferred from the other things practical stuff yeah. yeah but but then again i mean like you said i mean in the beginning you know you picture like the the road like the the path being the way it was i mean you're thinking of it a different way i mean you're thinking of it being like yeah it's in the woods but i mean it's like been built up yeah it's you been know curated. when i think of the woods i think of like land between the lakes you know i think of like you know, there's really nothing nice out here other than the nature, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, I like being out there for like a day and then it's like, I'm ready to go to a <laughs> building. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Phil, what about you? So I pictured the cabin from evil dead, uh, a nice. single story, wooden, um, dilapidated, um, kind of a shack. Although the first evil dead movie, they, go there as a vacation and it's it's somewhat nice on the inside not it's it's livable um yeah yeah it's finished on the inside right plumbing and things yeah of that nature and i think that i think that checks fairly well i mean i definitely prefer a comfortable lifestyle but material wealth isn't incredibly important to me i don't need a whole lot to to be happy so um that hmm. makes sense uh, no, I get that. I get that 100%. So the man screaming inside the house. I know what this has to represent. Mm-hmm. Trust. Yep. I mean, it has to. Yep. Trust and how willing you are to put yourself on the line for for people. Yeah. Because, uh, like, for me, again, I I didn't let the man... The, this is one of the things like you were talking about, Dave. Like, I didn't let the man out of the house, but... That surprises me. But it was because... It would be more of a danger. It sounds like if he's crazy, it sounds like he'd be more of a danger to himself if he got out. So that's why I didn't let him out. See, but I, I in didn't, general, I am more, I am trusting and talking yeah, to people and open to people. Yeah. And, I didn't open, I didn't let him out either. But with the mindset of I need to call for help, mm. I don't want to be the one that 
lets this guy out and either he hurts somebody else or he hurts me or he right. hurts himself, but I am going to call for help to have someone go check on this guy that's screaming in the house. Yeah. So I care, but not – I care about me more in that situation. Yeah. So that's that's why I would do that. Yeah, I didn't let him out either. And this, like – this completely tracks. Yeah. Like, this would be, like, real life if that was, like, I'd be in the same boat, like, as you, Ian, where it's, like, I'm going to call somebody about that, but I ain't going to, no, I'm yeah. not, you know. Let's, not, let, let's let professionals right. deal Someone with Someone who's this. been trained to yeah. deal with this instead of me, some asshole, who's just like, you okay in there? You know, like, no. And maybe I've seen too many horror movies, too, but, I mean, it's, like, you just don't, yeah. you just don't do stuff well, like that. I, I, don't, I don't really see it as being... I personally don't see it as a trust thing as much as a self-preservation, sa- self-preservation yeah. or safety thing. But sure. I also understand why it would be considered trust. I trust yeah. that this crazy guy is not going to come after. Of course he is. Log- logically speaking, my mind is saying, I want to help you, right. but I'm not the guy to do it. Just hang in there a little longer, pal. Don't have enough information. Yeah, exactly. Don't have enough information. And it's like, you know, all of these questions, obviously, we're answering with limited information by design for For a reason. For us to fill it in. Yeah. But I mean, in a real life situation, I mean, this would this would be like you're gonna have to give we're gonna have to have a conversation, you and I, Mm -hmm. between from between this door (laughs) before I can actually make a decision. There is no trust until trust is built. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think guess that's the root of it yeah. for me, honestly. Yeah. Well, and I guess I, I, I can also say that I feel like it doesn't track 100%, but it tracks a little bit more because being in a leadership role has certainly changed my perspective on trust because I, I have gotten burned trusting a lot of people, a lot of and people. And you have to do it in yeah. that role. I mean, you have and to. That's how, and how, you know, Casey... You know, we'll be talking about a scenario, and Casey is always the pessimistic other side. It's like, nope, don't fucking do it. They'll, n- nope, there'll be a knife every fucking time. Yeah. And a, I mean, a lot of times he hasn't been wrong. Yeah. You know, like if I, an employee down their luck, sometimes I've, you know, loaned money and then they're gone. Yeah. Or, you know, they need, you know, X, Y, and Z, I give it to them, and then they're, pictures on Facebook of the opposite, uh-huh. you know, shit like that. I should see shit like that all the time now. So that could be more motivation for me, like to not let the guy out where yeah. before this, for this job, I probably would have like, I'll just go in the house and talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, I'll put myself completely in the danger. Professional trust is like the best kind of trust. That's my favorite kind of trust. Any kind of trust where it's like, yes, but there will be a procedure for this and someone will be held accountable if I get fucked, yeah. yep. <laughs> like I mean, that's the kind of that's that's my kind of trust. Where it's yeah. like, yep, I'm gonna trust you, but I mean, there's got to be some kind of there has to be some accountability, or it's like, or I just don't have anything there for you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I left Will? a crazy man out, um, which I think it still tracks. Say again. You let him out. I let I let him out. I think tr- that yeah. tracks because I frequently find myself in uncomfortable positions that I wouldn't be in if I would just be a little bit more of an asshole, like with telemarketers or door to door folks or, um, or, you know, homeless folks on the street that strike me up in conversation. And mm-hmm. if I would Got just, 20 or 30 bucks, just not address it, then it would be fine. But I feel like there is this obligation, this social obligation that they are taking the time to speak sure. with me. 
Um, so I need to re reciprocate. Uh, in in the scenario painted, though, um, I'm alone in the woods, and there is someone screaming for help to be let out. I am literally the only person that can perform this task, so I am I am going to do that. Um, there's a bear out there, though. There's a bear out there. <laughs> He's pretty chill. Don't trip but... over that urn when you run out. Um, that said, though, Tyler, when you said you wouldn't let them out, the immediate picture in my head was you letting them out and then the crazy person being like, hey, give me $20. I know you got $20. I saw you put that in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I, I get that entirely. <laughs> I got yeah. this partially used this hard, partially used dildo. You want to buy it? <laughs> Kiki man? <laughs> And then the void. Yeah. Uh, the void is so if you if you waited, uh, that is representative of you not liking change, and not you know wanting to put yourself out there. You know, life <laughs> is you know what's going to happen is inevitable. You know, just wait for it to come around to be what's comfortable, and then exploring is you're the kind of person that likes to go out and push yourself and find new challenges and. I love it because it's well, like, I, pick, I hate this I void, but walking. it's comfortable and I'm familiar with it, so I'm going to stay here in the void. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, I but I know it. walking, which is unusual for me, if that's the case, because yeah. I do not care for change. I am not mm -hmm. the kind of person that just wants to launch out and explore all the time. And I'm thinking in practical terms of, well, just standing here is not going to do any good, so sure. I need to just walk and see what happens. And that's the life life's going to happen it throws it at you whatever you know that's where i'm at is like what have i got to lose i'm in a void i might as well try to walk and see yeah. what goes on cuz either i stay here and something happens or i walk and something's going to happen too you know and, i mean i don't necessarily i don't necessarily think it's that's 100% true that you're not you know cuz like i mean you did that you did the iphone repair and you know, like, and you're doing the show with us. I mean, like, all those kinds yeah, of things are, that's true. are you know, things that you didn't have to do. I don't, I don't know. I, I you know, you made the big change from you know working in office and putting a line to working at home, and yeah, I'm not trying to discredit what no, you're saying. That, that makes sense. I wasn't really thinking about it in those terms, but yeah, that that makes sense. But like, my view of you is like, I mean, I get, I understand, like being comfortable because like i'm totally yeah. like that too but i mean i don't think it's all i mean in my viewpoint of view i don't think it's all like that at all i mean i think all I right know, i think you're I, I i don't know i see you as a guy that goes out and and and, and does cool stuff speaking of me hosting the show yeah it's almost a year good lord wow july it will be a year good holy lord. shit maybe late maybe <laughs> late june maybe like this may be the year anniversary Something like that. Same. Happy on. anniversary. I guess. I we don't give know. you a raise, but, but uh, uh, Patreon's kind of in the shitter. So. <laughs> Actually, we have to reduce you. I mean, that is true. It is. <laughs> it is. Slowly, your pay has been slowly reducing. Eh. Sorry about that. I don't do it for the money. <laughs> Phil, did you, did you stay in place? Oh, I kept exploring the void, uh, which, again, checks out. because, Like, I, I don't like change. Um any more than I guess the next person is, but you know, when you're comfortable, you want everything to stay exactly how it is, but that's just not realistic. Everything changes. Every, nothing mm -hmm. stays the same. And it's just, I, I feel like it, it is part of 
existence that things are constantly in flux and constantly changing and you just either have to accept that and kind of let the river take you where it's going to go or you can to the bear be against that and try and fight it and waste a lot of effort so yeah no i i explore the void i accept that things are going to to change and will embrace it life uh <laughs> finds, finds a way, way. <laughs> what did you say you did dave um i waited for a little while and then when nothing happened i started exploring yeah so i, I honestly felt like that was like a like it was nice when I first got to the void because it was like, oh, there's no crazy man in a house here. No bear. There's no fucking bear. <laughs> this is nice. This is just relaxing. And then it got to a point where it's like, all right, now this is boring. Let's fucking see if there's a way out of this void. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's what I wrote down in yeah. less words. And then I also yeah I also went exploring. Melissa and I both explored. Cool. Well, that's the fun little psychology yeah, test I came across. that was across. fun. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Well, do you guys want to take a little break, and then we'll talk about King of Dragons? Yeah, let's yes, take yes. a break. We'll talk about King of Dragons, and we'll be good to go. talk about some uh some king of dragons we're back king of dragons what do you guys want to know about dragons okay it's a game it's a video game Uh by capcom based on an arcade game by capcom that came out in 1991 Mm -hmm. super nintendo game came out in 1994 and they're what year of medieval beat-em-ups yes it is a fantasy themed uh a belt scrolling beat-em-up yeah it's like when you fight it's like when movies do that thing where two movies that originated from the same idea come out differently, like Dante's Peak and Inferno. Or excuse me, Dante's Peak and Volcano. And Deep Impact. Yeah. Armageddon and Deep Impact and King of Dragons oh, yeah, yeah. Armageddon and Knights and of the Deep Round. Impact, not the Abyss. Yeah, this and Knights of the Round and what Magic Sword was around the same time too. A little Magic, maybe a little Magic earlier. Sword was earlier. And Magic Sword was um I never played Magic Sword, but from from what I understand, that is like a side scroller. Mm-hmm. So there's there's you know, you're missing an axis there. Um but yeah, it is weird because this game, King of Dragons and Knights of the Round, came out not only in the same year in the arcade, but also um released on the Super Nintendo in the same year. So uh <laughs> That feels like a weird choice yeah. to me. I don't know how the sales of these games were, but I imagine that they were good enough, at least in the arcade revenue, for them to get the Dungeons and Dragons license um, later down the road. And I don't know if this is true or not, but the rumor that I've always heard was that Cap- that Capcom was making these games. They were making these games um, to get that license. Uh, they were going after that license. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you consider the fact that they did, you know, these two games in the same year. Near, I guess, I don't know if I'd say the height, because I think we're probably at the a new peak of popularity for D&D now in yeah. this era. Yeah, yeah, But I mean... With Vecna being, you know... <laughs> Uh, for Stephen Colbert to make a Vecna oh, joke, yeah. it's like okay. I didn't even know that had yeah. happened. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, streaming. We have streaming to thank for that. I feel like that had a lot to do with yeah. it. People streaming D and D games mm-hmm. and like all that kind of Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah, absolutely that for sure. Definitely did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, all those things kind of kind of culminated together, and now I feel like D and D is way more popular than uh, it was when I was a child. Oh, fuck well, yes. it's just more widely accepted. I think I think it's always been know. very popular. Broke least, out of the satanic panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I th- I think now from a number standpoint, yes, it's still it's very much more popular. Yeah. I think it was very popular back in the day. It was just a more subdued crowd, you know, because everybody was trying to think that it was satanic. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it kind of felt like um, a, a subculture. Yeah. Almost, yeah. For where sure. you know now, I feel like it's mainstream, which I think is great. Uh, I do think that's awesome. It's nice to be able to connect with strangers, sure. you know, over like D and D, whether or not they've been playing it for decades or if they've been you know playing it for a year. It's it's nice. It's nice to be able to talk to people about it. What I'm picturing is that D and D and eating ass are really riding the same curves in popularity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. When you put it that way, yeah, you're right. Those are two things I do enjoy. <laughs> that I do love to talk to strangers about. You don't Those talk about them things in I do with Dave. <laughs> but in 2015, yeah, resurgence. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we're not talking about the Capcom Dungeons and Dragons beat 'em ups. Uh, we're talking about one of the precursors to that, mm-hmm. uh, King of Dragons, which heavily D and D advanced D and D inspired. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And character designs. Um, I know Tyler. When we were playing the game uh, that you pointed out, that the cleric was like cut from the. Second edition, yep. like Cleric of St. Cuthbert. And like, like the, the second like edition the fighter. look like the Michelin Man? <laughs> <laughs> look like he was. <laughs> they had to pay for that brand. Michelin was the uh, deity that they prayed to. <laughs> yeah, that's how unpopular it was. Is they had to go to Michelin for funding. And they were like, fine, but one of the classes has to look like the Michelin Man. <laughs> Fights against the evil Firestone God. uh but like the fighter uh because there are multiple classes in the Mm -hmm. game um cleric as we mentioned and fighter and elf and dwarf (laughs) and wizard okay those are the five classes like yeah the D &D, like i we you know i started playing you know dave with you in college third edition and what we continue to play now is you know dwarf and elf are a race that can be cleric fighter yeah uh, wizard, as opposed to what old D and D classes where dwarf and elf were like. It's a race. Uh, yeah, fantasy class. their own thing. There's fantasy thing. racism is still racism. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Classism and racism yeah. are totally different. I am Jonathan <laughs> the fighter. I am um, Teglio, dwarf. That, like that's that's your profession. <laughs> <laughs> I am dwarf. <laughs> I dwarf for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I don't really trust this Tegleo guy. <laughs> For no particular reason. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are <laughs> dwarfs, but this guy I don't trust. Uh, but like the fighter even, like... As looks, you, looks sort of like Warduke, almost. Reminiscent of Warduke, AD&D villain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brother I mean, of Marmaduke. It, it is, like taken from like the cover of uh, like a D and D book, mm-hmm. like the like the dungeons the, the dungeon master's guide. 
Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of that, like, inform- visual information ties into, like, yeah, I feel like they were definitely going for that that license. Um, and, like, also, and, and we're going to get into the gameplay more later, I'm sure, but um, it just feels right to talk about now. Dungeons and Dragons used to be, the tabletop game used to be a lot more treasure and loot focused mm-hmm. than it is currently. Like in original edition, you, I mean, treasure was XP. Like, I mean, it was mm. like that, it was that, that was the exchange ratio. Man, like, I mean, yeah. as opposed to now where it's like you buy things with money and that money makes you more powerful, but it's not experience points. It's like, it's, it's a separate mm-hmm. thing. In this game, you had a good social interaction. Here's a hundred experience points. Good job. <laughs> right, right. Where it's yeah, and that's not what old D and D used to mm-hmm. be like. At this least, game is like the old style. It is where you're scrambling to pick up the gold and the treasure that's fallen because yes, you get you level up based on the amount of treasure you get. Right, and but not only that, but like also but, fighting. Yeah, enemies that you kill, you yeah. get you get points for that. But yes, it is important it that it up. you pick up gold. You pick up bags of gold and gems, jewels off the ground. Occasional mimic. Occasional mimic. Sometimes yeah. you get frozen solid. <laughs> right. And Some of them are trapped. Yes, That's another D and D like standard. So it's like I can like I can respect all of mm-hmm. these decisions for sure. But like yeah, the gold that you collect directly uh, attributes to how quickly you level. And it was funny because it's like when we were playing because Tyler, Ian, and I played, uh, which was. That was a Tadpog first. The three of us played a video game together. Yeah. That is time. wild that it is the first this time. Is the that first we've time done the that. three of us have ever played a game together. Three but we Tadpog were members yeah. at the same time, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, I had three hosts at the same time, man. Kind of hosted a game with me. <laughs> that is. We were playing together, and it's like uh, I'm like grabbing all this loot and uh, Ian I think you said at one point you're like we should probably spread this around and it was like the fucking middle school D&D player meet fucking treasure goblin was just like nope you're everyone's on their own like we're we're fighting enemies yeah. together but you pick up what you pick up I made up <laughs> I made up for the, the lack of treasure I was able to... I, I played an elf in our first game. And that's tough for treasure. Holding the back line yeah. firing arrows and doing damage to keep them busy you know uh, but the treasure would fall at the monster's feet or whatever. Right. And I couldn't go get it because it disappears really, really, really fast. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to do so much it damage. It disappears really fast because I've picked it up. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But I was able to deal so much damage and take out so many enemies that I got, I would say, a fairly equal amount of XP from mm-hmm. that because I wasn't getting... In those scenarios where I wasn't getting killed every 10 seconds because mm-hmm. the elf is weak designed for range attack not melee obviously but in those times i was able to stay with you guys and level yeah, i feel like we stayed pretty close to each other yep. the whole time i feel like i feel like it does a really good job of keeping that balance because yeah. every time we played by the time we got to the end of the game i felt like we were all within one level at of least one another. A, yeah at least not the same but um let's let's get to that the rest of that good stuff here in a bit. Talk right. about the you box art first. Questions for us, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the box art, yes. for King of Dragons. Yes. 
I'll talk a little about the box art because I didn't have okay. a lot to say. It was pretty standard, um, straightforward. I got some gauntlet vibes from it. Of course, I got gauntlet vibes from the whole game. Uh, it's just not top down, but the same characters, you know, the wizard, the elf, mm -hmm. the yep. fighter, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I didn't really, I knew it was a beat em up. So mm -hmm. I wasn't like led to believe it was a gauntlet style dungeon crawler type of deal. But, yes. Uh, it was cool box art. I thought that it was really interesting and fun to look at, and it definitely would have caught my eye on the shelf. I think that you saying that you knew it was a beat-em-up, I think, is the biggest obstacle that the box designer had, where it's like, how do I make this not look like an RPG? And the <clears throat> answer is you can't. No, can't. You, can, not, you not, cannot, not. because it's 1994, <laughs> and if you put a dragon on a box... It's an With RPG a and an elf <laughs> right. and a fighter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, what do you, what can you do? Put them on like a San Francisco street or something like that's <laughs> that. Like, you put it like I don't know, man. Beat em ups, like especially that time. If it's urban, it's a beat em up. If it looks dragony, it's an RPG. They need to put Combine a sticker that. on it with with the bad dudes. <laughs> Are you bad tough dudes enough approved. to fight the King of Dragons? <laughs> <You're right. laughs> there we go. Absolutely. King, King of Medieval San Francisco. <laughs> Phil, impressions of the box art? A couple of them. Um, one, first impression, is the game called King of Dragons or The King of Dragons? Because the box art on my game doesn't have the on it, but everywhere right. else that I've seen has the King of Dragons. I think when, right. the, when yep. the game starts up, I believe it's King of Dragons. Yeah, but I can't remember. I honestly it, no, can't it, remember. It says the. It says oh, the. It's, it's very, it's it's very it's really tiny small up top. Because I made, I made fun of the fonts being all different, but uh -huh. the and of are both very small uh, and yeah, 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 the same okay. font. The King of Dragons. <laughs> Yes. I mean, they are emphasizing the most important words. I will, I'll give them that. The of. <laughs> right. <laughs> the second thought, so I did actually did a little bit of research into this, and the artist who did the cover art for this is a prolific fantasy artist named Julie Bell, who has done a number of game art box art has done uh, dc and marvel card art uh did the bat out of hell three album art oh. for meatloaf uh nice. did the poster for the aqua teen hunger force movie it's a very oh, wow. yeah she, know, she does a very 80s heavy mm. metal style of of kind of fantasy future fantasy art cool yeah, that's the way. I feel like that's the way to go. I mean, the I feel like the grittier the better kind of deal, and that's about as gritty as it got while still being marketable. Yeah, yeah. in that time frame. She did the same. Um, she was the same one who did the cover art for Demon's Crest as well. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, working that Capcom angle, good. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing our job for us, Phil. Because I did. I had no idea. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Well, you're a big fan of this game, right, Phil? This is yeah. This is this was a huge, huge game for me growing up. Uh, probably my first introduction into a um, kind of an action RPG system where you are where it is an action game. It is a beat 'em up game, but with RPG elements where you are leveling up, where you are getting new gear, uh, and you are getting gear that actually changes the appearance of the sprite, mm -hmm. which was 
it's, it's tough to state just how big that was in 1991 mm-hmm. where you yeah. can you can pick something up and your sprite visibly changes and it's not yeah, just dude. a static you know dragon warrior style huge uh sprite so yeah that was that was a huge huge um draw for me and mm-hmm. and just the fact that it was you know it's medieval it's a three player game in the arcades when when you see it um yeah this was this was a really really big formative game for me it's one that i've i've clung to for a number of years and still go back to and play and i find i find it very replayable i find that it still holds it still holds up for what it is um it's mm-hmm. quick it's fairly easy to get into there's not a whole lot to it but it does have some depth of gameplay that makes it makes it replayable for sure Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and having the different classes to go through with too like really helps with replayability yeah um man you talking about like the the character sprite changing as you pick up gear and uh that is that is huge because like i know i've mentioned this on the show before it might have been a while back but like i i, I still remember that blowing my mind playing diablo yeah mm-hmm. same for the first time where it's like whoa my armor changes whoa like yep. depending on what i equip whoa and like, that's I mean, it was, that was like a that's five oh. years after this game comes out yeah yeah no that's wild no that's very I, i'm that i don't know the answer to this question but like it 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 begs the question: What's the first game that that did that? Yeah, um, where what you have equipped actually changes how your appearance looks in in the game. I mean, I know it happened for me at some point, but I could not put the fine point onto what it is. You know, I I don't know. The first time I remember seeing it is Final Fantasy IV, just in combat, the kind of sword you would have mm-hmm. would change. Yeah. yeah, that is true. Yeah, and the weapon would change, mm-hmm. like in six as well. I remember yep. depending on how. Yeah, they're just they're always static appearance, right? But in combat, yeah, you see the the swing of the Atma weapon, right? Or right. You would see Edge would have two different kind of swords when he was attacking in four. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what you had. I'm curious historically. I'm curious. You know, like what is agreed upon as the first game to to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, hmm. Well, let's see. So based on the box art. Because you know, I just thought, okay, this is going to be a a badass medieval co-op sort of game, which could be an RPG, could be a fighting game, even, mm-hmm. or it could be Gauntlet. You know, that's my that's my expectation of it. Um, I think probably we all kind of had those expectations just looking at the box. Yeah, on. and uh, just to interject briefly, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I feel like it's important for me to to say when I when I said RPG earlier from the art I didn't specifically mean a JRPG because mm-hmm. a lot of those kind of had like a like a clean style to them but like this look the art looks like a computer RPG mm-hmm. like cuz like like a dungeon crawler yeah like, like in a like a like a western I the beholder crawler. or yeah. Right. yeah totally adventure type game. right yeah like I could say I could have seen this being like a seventh saga style sure RPG yeah I think the only does, thing I mean, that could make you pause on that is if you're just judging this by the box, by the cover is Capcom, which is right. not particularly uh, a, known for RPGs, point. except for, I think they did breath of fire. Eye of the Beholder. Did they do, but I have the holder too. Yeah, okay. they did. They, I pretty sure they did the port on the SNES for Eye of the beholder. Okay. And then, yeah, like you said, breath of fire. Mm, yeah. But, this could have fit into a lot of breath of fire kind of, but I mean, yeah. you look at not the art the for breath of fire. I mean, does it really does it match up with the art for 
King of Dragons, which I mean, not disparaging that art, the artist or the art at all. I think it's great, but I mean, it does look like it would be painted on the side of someone's van in the <laughs> late eighties. I mean, yeah. like it really does. it's that style. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I think that's great, um, but. I, I don't know. To me, that feels a lot more Western, and I, I guess mm-hmm. based on her name, I assume that she might be uh, a Western artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. And now I'm curious what it looked like in Japan. There's a good wiki well, with uh, a lot of information and a lot of artwork from from the Japanese release. I was going to bring that up as well. I looked through that um, a lot because it's got the full story of the game, which you don't get from playing it. It's got mm-hmm. the character profiles. It's got names. Of the characters, what yeah, I didn't, right. I didn't yeah. know existed until today. And, yeah, everything on there was... It was a super detailed wiki. Um, Tyler, I'm going to send you that so you'll have it for, for the, the show notes. Show notes. Um, a lot of uh, trivia about the game in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like some, like There's a whole section about the differences between the arcade and the SNES port. Uh, the things they had to leave out. Um, of SNES because of lack of memory or you know whatever yeah kind of thing. which are not insignificant I mean, even the box art I'm sorry go ahead Phil I was saying this it's not insignificant like there are some just kind of style changes but there are some things that I think actually affect the gameplay I can't recall exactly what they what they were but there was a, a good list of of things that they had to change for for the SNES port and I was looking at the I was looking at the Japanese box art, um, and like even that art looks very Western in style, mm-hmm. which I mean w- makes me think that again it's like they were definitely going for that Western tabletop D and D kind of look. Yeah, like I'm looking at the the art that Ian just posted in our chat, and it's it is five white dudes uh, in in being depicted in in their garb this is very it's a very western it kind of reminds me of early dragon warrior art um even though d- the dragon warrior art itself is very very like akira toriyama like that's it very is ev- right evident, but the color palette is very similar to that i feel makes me ready to play scott pilgrim on thursday yeah so let's see before we jump start dissecting it mm-hmm so maybe if this if this were this game were a movie or a celebrity, who would you compare them to? Well, I went with the 2020 movie Monster Hunter, which I have never seen, starring <laughs> Mia Jovovich, simply because uh, it comes to mind because there's a it's based off another Capcom game of the same name featuring someone killing dragons. <laughs> uh, watched the trailer; that was enough for me to yeah. say, "Yep, that's that's pretty much what it uh, sums up for me." <laughs> Also, it looked kind of good. I might watch it. Yeah, I, that's a. I never will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's one of those where it's like if I had cable, sure, probably. Yeah, eventually. If it's on TV, know. I'm eating a sandwich. <laughs> like yeah. I pop in and out kind of deal. Yeah. But like, man, when I watch something, it has to be because it's all streaming for me. Like I have mm-hmm. to make a conscious decision to find a thing and press several buttons to make mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, every decision, like you know, it's like every time I press the button, I have to be like, "Are we sure? I want to commit to two hours." <laughs> My time is worth so much more than this. I Dude. can't be here for this. Dude. I'm losing. I'm 50, giving up fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be great. Um, but let's remember, I saw a small unpainted wooden house in the forest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the like Shutter Ian. I know you because you talked about Shutter a yeah. lot and like. 
the best fucking thing they have on there is the just they're just streaming things. I love that. I love that. So we watch so many things that way where it's just like, well, I, we're going to start in the middle of this movie. I and try tell to you figure, what. Oh, it's the best. I tell you I always what. fall asleep. Nikki watches it. I'll ask her the next morning how it was. She says it's great. Let me, clar- <laughs> let me clarify for the, let me clarify for the non shutter familiar. When you, when you've got shutter, when you turn it on, there's three channels that you can pick from right off the bat. They're just always playing something. It, in addition to the movies. In addition you can to actually, all the movies right. you can select from the library, but they've got sort of this live TV thing going on where you can just tune in to whatever the hell they're showing. Mm. There's a sh- It came from Shudder, a folk and something else collection. Slasher. Slasher. Yeah. Slashix. Slashix, that's right. Well, no, wait. I think Slashix might be oh, that's a category, a category yeah. for movies. What's like the best slasher? But I think you're right. It's... It, Something like anyway. Yeah, it's in that band. But there's a, you know, whatever's on. You know, like the other day uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we we put on, we finished watching something, and we were getting ready to watch Joe Bob Briggs and uh, Chopping Mall just happened to be on one of those channels, and we're like, let's watch <laughs> Chopping Mall, and it was nice because uh-huh. it had already started, but who gives? And we didn't finish it. It's the, it's the best. <laughs> it is. If, <laughs> if streaming services would all do that, oh my god, I would watch so much more varied shit. You know what I mean? Totally. If Netflix had a live kind of. We're just broadcasting this movie for you. Pick it up or put it down. We don't care. Mm. I would absolutely. That's where it would stay. I love it. I mean, I really <laughs> it's do. Just like having the TV on. It is. It's it, great. It, it's there's a nostalgia feeling about it so thank you doc by Shutter. The way. <laughs> uh, i would compare it to carrie yules ah. so carrie yules of robin of loxley and mm-hmm. men in tights looking like the elf a blinken <laughs> Are you saying hey Blinken? <laughs> <A> Blinken. <laughs> Sorry, I can't I can't hear that movie's title without uh, making that reference. <laughs> what was your name before? <laughs> Shit house. <laughs> it's a good change. <laughs> and then him in uh Princess Bride, you know, as the, right. the man in black, just that fantasy feeling and but not like big over the top amazing, but solid, solid B, B plus, you know, style where I feel like this game fits. Good job, Wesley. Get some sleep. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. <laughs> uh, I chose um, the 2002 Dead Gentleman production, uh, The Gamers, um, which is a small movie. It was made. Short, short, small movie made on about a thousand dollars budget. Uh, it is the story of um, a group of Dungeons and Dragons tabletop players playing their game, uh, cut between them actually playing it in real life. Um, I have really fond memories of this movie because I remember watching it in uh, Tyler and Josh's apartment in Murray Mm. with a whole bunch of us crammed (laughs) into Josh's room. Sean Miller (laughs) of Benji uh, being fame uh, from the Scott Pilgrim game that you're running. I remember he uh, brought the movie. And that was a time where you had to bring a movie to a place (laughs) (laughs) in order to watch it. Um, And I remember, I have really fond memories of that. And that's like, that's why, like, anytime I'm playing, and I think think I've done it already in the Scott Pilgrim game, but anytime I'm playing a tabletop game with Sean Miller, 
I always want to make the reference of, well, you look like a trustworthy, trustworthy fellow. Because that's the only thing I remember that's from That's where it. this slide is from, <laughs> is from that movie, which I think is on YouTube for free if you want to check oh, it I out. I might check that one out. It's, I don't know how it holds up. I'm sure it's dated, but I don't care. <laughs> I like camp. Yeah. I like campy shit. Yeah. Yeah, what, one of the characters dies, makes a new character. The character just walks up to the party. You look like a trustworthy fellow. Let's go on an adventure. Right. Just falls in line like right. nothing ever happened. <laughs> Phil? What's, so before we get to my comparisons, I'm curious. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard the name of the lead actor from A Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. I always pronounce I it in my head as Elways or Elwes. Me too. Me too. Elwes is how I've always pronounced it. I believe it's Yules. Like I heard it in an interview. Okay. That, that blows that my mind. That would me absolutely too. Blow I was my like, mind. it took me a second until you said um, men in tights. I'm like, oh, Carrie Elwes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard. Oh, Tracy Allman. <laughs> David Sedaris's newest book. No, I didn't realize he had a new book. I've been listening to it. And it's so fucking good. And there's a story where. This group of women confuse him with Dave Chappelle. Oh, man. Yes, <laughs> just, I love this. He just rolls with it. Oh, man, I love this so Oh, much. David Sedaris, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the book? Happy Go Lucky. Happy Go Lucky. All right, I'm going to, yeah. This is this is going in the top. This is newly on the top of the media pile for me. Yeah, I love his, I love his audio books. Oh, it's so good. Specifically, yeah. So my, my media comparisons are... The Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies, uh, yeah, sure, because yeah. it has a Legolas. This game has a yeah. Gimli. It has orcs. It has a wizard. It has a forest infested by giant spiders. Talking trees. <laughs> talking trees. <laughs> There's an ancient dragon at the end of the game in a mountain cave on a massive pile of treasure, and there are no female characters to be seen whatsoever. So yeah, I have I have two achievements that are centered around Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so I absolutely get that. This was, you know, I was a huge, huge Lord of the Rings <laughs> fan growing up. And, you know, there wasn't any any sort of licensed material until the very, very bad Lord of the Rings SNES game, which I'm looking forward to being on sometime in the future. <laughs> so this was the closest I got to with having a video game. Tolkien universe uh, representation, which is another reason why it was such a such a huge huge part of my my childhood gaming experience. I will say one thing that this uh, game had that Lord of the Rings didn't was a none of the Ents were named Trevor. <laughs> Trent. Yours? Is I it Trent? Trent? It was Trent. I think it's Trent Woods. Trent Woods. Trent Woods. The, the, the tree. Trent. <laughs> the, the great Deku tree that's infested by Skulltellas. <laughs> Did they just take tree and ant? Yeah. Oh that's wow! Trent. That's how they. That's okay. how they. That's how they named the four. That just dawned on me. You, you <laughs> yeah. knew this. Yeah. Well, when I looked through that wiki, and I was like, "What's the name of the tree?" Trent. Oh, that's that is like, the name oh, so of the must tree. Must be tree end. I okay, said, I said <laughs> oh Trevor, my God. but yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I like Trevor though. Trevor. I, like, I think it should be Trevor. I like I'm Trevor. Yeah. Can Lim come back in your game as a as an ant named Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> He's like a potted plant. That's pretty sapling. good. Pretty good. When I hear uh, Trent. Groot, Groot style, baby Groot style. Yeah. Trevor. 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 <laughs> Trevor. Also, he's, yeah, he's severely mentally <laughs> <laughs> ill at this point. So when I hear Trent, all I all I can, the first thing I think of is uh, Daria and, um, and Trent from Daria. Um, 
And then the second thing, I think the I think the Adventure Zone had a an ant, a tree ant named Trent as well. Um, so those are kind of the two <laughs> two things that come come to mind. And it's the anachronisms that occasionally pop up on this are are great because when you save Trent the ant, the the living tree from the spiders, the first thing he says is, "Oh, hey, buddy," uh, which is <laughs> right. very very medieval. Uh, um, greeting so i love it it does sound like something that trent would say though oh what's up dude hey you want to i got some kind bud here you want to chill out and have a smoke and (laughs) And he would yeah he saw his eyes he was totally baked yeah he is a tree (laughs) (laughs) uh if this how is this game like Corey feldman (laughs) <laughs> I've given up on coming up with Corey Feldman references. I can't do it anymore. Well, I don't I, know why. I have picked the movie whose who's, I guess art style and, and theme of saving because at one point you do save that, that princess from one of the castles. Um, a Corey Feldman movie Citizen Toxie The Toxic Avenger 4. Nice. So wow. seen, There's my Corey I've Feldman movie. One. I didn't have Mine a Corey was Feldman. The Goonies. Yeah. Um, because he plays yep. Mouth in the Goonies. Ian's wear- Not just because Ian's wearing a Goonies shirt. I love that shirt, though. Uh, but because the Goonies is the best D&D movie that is unlicensed. Yep. Much like Agreed. Agreed. King of Dragons is, I feel like, the best belt-scrolling, non-licensed fantasy game, D&D uh, beat-em-up that I've played. Uh, I like it better than... I'm showing my hand a little bit, mm-hmm. but I like it. I like it way better than Knights of the Round. Like Agreed. way better. Mm-hmm. I think the um, art is better in Knights of the Round, but I yeah. think that might be the only thing that I like better. I think yeah. Else I mean, is King I, of Dragons. I think the enemies are so good in uh, King of Dragons. Like the stages are super short, mm-hmm. and then you fight this like set piece boss mm-hmm. that um, for most of the time you do. Sometimes they reuse they them. They reuse them, yeah. But I mean, the first time, I don't know, the first time you see like the dragon rider with his pole arm, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. wow, this is like a big, impressive boss. Mm-hmm. The first time you fight the uh, last boss of the game, the dragon, <laughs> and it's like it's you're fighting his head and his giant hand, and his body is just the background yeah. of mm-hmm. the stage, and it's like it's pretty neat. I mean, I think they did a really good job. Like Gold, Goldar, the dra- great Dragonian, because it looks like the Power Rangers Goldar. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Dragon yeah, golden armor. This this game had a lot of. I felt there was a lot drawn from old beat 'em ups. Double Dragon in in particular because it had a lot of palette swaps. A lot yeah. of they had a couple of double bosses. It had a couple of bosses that and by double bosses I mean two palette swaps of the same boss that you were fighting at the same time. Oh, yeah, the Black um, Knight yeah. to the yeah. Royal Knights. They would have bosses that would repeat where you'd fight the the Minotaur on stage two and then would come back later. And then they would have right. bosses that were bosses in early levels and then were were regular mooks in in the level themselves. And and there's just there's so many different tropes that I feel this this borrowed from and used um, to make it. There's not a whole lot of like a really original stuff in this, but I felt like they did a really good job of, of grabbing from previous games and kind of, of using that to, to the best of their abilities for the time. 
Yeah. yeah, when he when you brought up the guy with the pole arm riding around on his dragon or whatever, yeah, you know, that was a boss. And then literally in the next stage, we were fighting them as regular, regular guys. guys, like yeah. Phil said. And mm-hmm. That's that's unusual. I don't know that I've seen very much of that. It's it's, it's pretty common in that it, in that genre. I'm not yeah, super out, familiar outside so. of that genre. Yeah, not so much. Um, but but within the beat 'em up genre, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you, okay. Like Final Fight, all that you see you see that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, but like, I I agree, Phil. You're saying that you know mechanically. It, you're right. I feel like there's, it's not really doing much special as far as combat goes mechanically, but I do think that it is doing some really neat things, like with the with like the level progression system. I think that's really really cool. That was one of my good things. Yeah, yeah. level progression. Same. I like that your character levels up, your weapon levels up, and in the case of the elf, your arrows level up. Right. Or your if bow. you're a fighter, it's a shield. Yeah. So your bow, your bow, everything levels up separately, right? Which I think is neat. yeah, it's cool. Your weapons mm-hmm. and your whatever your secondary is level, they level up independently. Although that is really cool, but I think once you think about it a lot, it kind of becomes a thing where it's like, well, you they do progress, but they're all progressing at a, a very Pretty like a specified time yeah. at a set rate. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you can kind of hand wave that a little bit your weapons don't level up unless you get the level up out of a chest right at the end of a stage or at the beginning of a stage versus your character levels up throughout the progression of the game based how on well how many do, yeah points know? yeah which i i think that's neat and i think it is neat to see how those two like mechanics play together you saying when you pick them out of the, the you your weapons don't level up until you pick up new weapons out of the chest um, reminded me of something I was thinking about today, but I didn't have time to test. Phil, you might know the answer to this. Yeah. Does the game force you to pick up the upgrade? Like, no. or will it eventually just continue, even and, if you don't pick the upgrade up out of the chest? And in fact, I was looking at a, a game facts, and that was a strategy to power level your character because you, so you get experience points when you pick up treasure, when you kill enemies. That kind of changes at bosses where you get experience just for hitting the boss sure it's the same amount of experience for every hit doesn't matter how powerful it is so if you are underpowered Ah. you can hit them more and you can kind of power level up and skip certain weapon upgrades so that you have a weak weapon and really start to like grind some levels against some of the bosses i didn't find it at all necessary to do that but i I can understand that is cool it is it is cool that you can do that in a beat 'em up. That's why. Right. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, like outside of like River City Ransom. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really think about you know stuff like I don't think about grinding in a beat 'em up. So that that's interesting. Which may have played a role. Uh, Ian, you were saying that you were you were the elf and you were gaining levels pretty pretty quickly despite not picking up treasure. And the elf has they got a ranged attack and it's relatively fast, but it's also super weak. So you're able to get right. a lot of hits on the boss and, and grind some experience mm, that, that way. Ex- yeah. That explains why I was able to keep up because mm-hmm. I was hitting more. Now towards the end of the game, he's, I was leveling my weapon every time and it was hitting hard. Uh, not probably as hard as the sword or the ax or something, but it was doing some good damage, but yeah, the rapidity of the attack and the fact that I could stand back and hit more without taking damage yeah that explains that for did sure you, That's did you cool. all play it multiple again, times did you guys what was your favorite characters 
We played through it twice. Yeah. And I played, I started off switching. I switched back and forth, but ultimately settled on Elf for, mm-hmm. you know, two, the last two thirds of the game. And we got through it together with Tyler, you were the dwarf, the dwarf and Dave the was the time. cleric. Yep. And we got through it in probably about 50 minutes, give or take. Yeah. And then the second time we played through, I played as on hard mode. On uh, yeah. the hardest mode, which didn't feel much. The different. beginning, it felt a little more difficult, but then by the time mm-hmm. we were like past the second stage, it felt very much like interesting. Yeah. And I I played fighter, Dave played wizard, and um, Tyler, you played cleric. cleric. Yep. And we we got through it faster we that time. Mowed through it. Yeah. That we one. really dis- just destroyed it. I like, feel like we had strong characters. It's because we were I all mean, playing strong right. characters. Yeah. The wizard hits hard. He's it's, just weak. Yeah. The and, wizard you know, is we were talking amazing. Yeah. yeah, dude, I love the wizard. When we like, got I mean, to the point where you're, where your staff or whatever leveled up and you were shooting fire yeah. out. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Yeah. It was super powerful. Yeah, and it was nice because it was surprising because it's like, it really was like exciting to, for that to happen <laughs> I, the I first know. time. I saw that. I was like, sweet. <laughs> because it's like, oh, wow, I'm shooting fire. And it's like, of course you are, dummy. It's a video game. You're a wizard. But it just went from like, you know, shooting uh, a little like, little spurts to like wow i'm a wizard now and at one point you were i think full-on palpatine yeah totally lightning the level eight weapon is lightning and it feels it feels very D &D that way where your your level one staff Mm -hmm. is like firebolt and then you progress to kind of a burning hand style just like long um column of fire and then there's like a weight like every single weapon upgrade that you get for the wizard gives it a different ranged attack, which I thought was really, really cool. And it's it's even yeah. more complex with that. The if you hit more if you complex hit than en- that. If you hit an enemy close up with the wizard, it will always almost always kill them immediately, but the further away you hit them, the less damage it does. So there's kind of a scaling damage depending on on where you're hitting hitting them and which is a fun Damn, that is cool. Yeah, it's a really like the depth of the game I find is really, really a big, big draw between the speed of the attacks, the defense, the different um, weapons and their their abilities. Um, you know, they're even though the the elf doesn't have a shield, so you can upgrade usually your weapons and your shield for your main characters. The wizard and the elf don't have shields, so the wizard gets amulets and rings, which you don't actually see on the character sprite, but those increase your defense and you end up taking less damage as a result. Which makes the wizard really, really tanky at the end of the game. They actually have really right. good defense, mm-hmm. which is yeah. super surprising. And like as far as HP goes too, because I mean like by the time we beat the game the second time and I was like looking at our life bars, because your life bar shows how much HP you have, and mm-hmm. I was like Holy shit! I have the same amount of life as um, I can't remember who it was, but one, like, it came up fast. Yeah, for you yeah. as you leveled. Yeah, it was. You were like a quarter of the fighter's health, for example. And when we started, and by the time the game was ending, you were right up there with us. Which I do again, like to go back to tabletop D and D, especially of the era. I feel like is a good representation of that, mm-hmm. where it's like you're playing a wizard at level one. You're trash. I'm sorry, but you're trash. And like you, you just have to survive 
And if you survive long enough, you will be the most powerful thing in the game. Yeah. Yep. But like you just have to survive. <laughs> I felt right around the um, sixth level. There's 16 levels in the game. Right around the sixth levels where I started feeling the wizard getting a usably like where it wasn't a liability for me playing. It started actually being fun, um, which was which was neat. I, mean, I think we're already into the topic of good things, bad things. Three good things. Three uh-huh. good things um, the and I I had mentioned the leveling system. I really thought that was interesting. I liked the character selection, even though it was a bit basic. Um, I thought you could have a nice group. You know, like the second time we played, we were mm. very powerful. Yep. and got through it a lot faster than we did the first time. Um, and then the other thing for me, I know this may not ring true for a lot of hardcore beat 'em up fans but i do i like the simplicity of it the fact that there's no throws there's no picking up pipes or swords or mm. shit like that you've yeah. got what you've got when you start you level that up you've got your attack and you've got your jump and then yeah. you've got your your hit both buttons to make everything catch fire your or extra extra, joy your, yeah your extra joy uh button uh to which is really handy because, like, when you die, when you die, die. Like, when it gets to the point where it says continue, your body leaves behind a nice power up for your surviving friends to hit a spell and 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 zap everyone on the screen for some. And damage. you can bump that down the road as you yeah, you, you don't have to it. use it at a bad time right. like in a lot of other. You games. can be strategic with it. Found myself wasting it a lot by accident, but um, I just like the fact that there's not a whole bunch of complex crap to do. Other than just fight and fight and fight, I think the I I agree. I um, on some points I do I do love beat 'em ups where you can throw and pick up weapons. Like normally because it's like I like I like beat 'em ups where I can control a crowd and mm-hmm. where like a lot of the game is controlling that crowd and positioning. Mm-hmm. You want I want this enemy there, mm-hmm. uh, you know that kind of deal, so that I can more efficiently take down this pack. But and you're right. This game doesn't have that, but I do think uh, the the combat mechanics outside of that are so interesting that it compensates for that. So I totally. guess my I guess my point is I feel like this is a good compromise mm-hmm. between like well we don't have these like positioning strategic elements that you like, but we do have this new thing, uh, this level progression thing. Um, that that maybe you will, and it's like, yeah, I do. I like yeah. this a lot. That was cool. Yeah, I think among my my good things is just the depth of, I guess, the variety in in the character. That's kind of behind the scenes. They don't they don't put any of that out there. But each character, you know, is kind of ranked one through five in terms of how much hit points they they will have at the end of the game, what their attack power is, how good their defense is, how fast they are how powerful their magic is and and you know what range they are even even the the melee characters have different ranges of of effect where right. the dwarf has a very very short range you really have to get up there whereas the fighter has a much longer sword and you can actually kind of attack from a little bit of distance and feel a little bit of of safety from there um and it's yeah just just the fact that you have that depth of character difference between these five different characters and they play and they feel differently and then when you're playing with two or three players the composition matters you can really complement each other with having a ranged person who can who can sit back there and 
pick off people and provide some cover fire where someone can be up there in front and, and doing a lot of the, the melee damage and, and defending. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought for, for a game that was, you know, fairly, um, formulaic, I felt they did a, a lot to provide some depth to that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And, you know, going back to the loot, I think that has a lot to do with me being satisfied with Mm -hmm. not being able to throw enemies and stuff because I, I constantly felt like I had something to do, Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, I'm, I, I like that. I like that in a beat em up. I like, I need that. I need that. Otherwise it starts to feel very, samey yeah and it feels like i'm just mashing buttons which i mean i might be different because i really do love this genre but um i at never at no point just felt like i was mindlessly mashing now it was fun it was it was engaging enough to keep me busy and keep my mind off the fact that yeah i pretty much was just mashing buttons yeah the whole time but it was fun yes it was and it it took care the game takes care of the player in that way where it keeps it interesting but it keeps it real to the point of it being an entertaining game now i will say that kind of takes me into one of the bad thing okay. I have to say about it uh, if I may. Please. And sure. it's just that I did not care for this game in single player. It, to me it was too hard uh, because nothing really changes when you're in single player. It's the same amount of monsters it's the same amount of difficulty and everything else. I played it on SNES single player. Mm-hmm. Playing with you guys last night uh, was awesome. Yeah, it was a blast. That game, I thought I thought it was a blast. I had a lot of fun. We had I had so much fun, and that game really sings in multiplayer. Yes, That's, it's the kind of deal where you don't want to walk up to that arcade game and play by yourself. You need to bring a couple of buddies or have some rando come up and play with you mm-hmm. because that's where this game shines. Yep. And if you don't have, I, I, Phil, you may know this. Was this multi tap compatible? I don't know. To where you. I would imagine no, not. There's, there's just when you start up the game on the Super Nintendo, it's just one player and two player. Um, See, and I think that kind of sucks for this SNES port it, bit of it because it you don't get that three player party like we had, which but was just awesome. It was awesome. I, I will say though that I mean to have three, that would have been that would have been wild. I mean, really, it would have just because like the processing. I don't yeah, think you can handle it because like the sprites in this game are so like the you can tell that they really gave a shit about the art style they in did. this game. They did. And like talking about the port, um, I felt like the Super Nintendo game looked really good. It really, yeah. did. it didn't look just like the arcade version, but you can tell that they like. They tried. They tried, yeah. and like I feel like they succeeded. In they a, did in, succeed in, in the. For the majority of it, is strictly technical limitations here. If yeah. they had had a little bit more to work with, they probably could have replicated it on there. But yeah, it it was really true to the arcade, and I was super impressed. With so, that. so one and of I, the differences between the arcade and and the port is, I think the fourth boss is is the Hydra, whichever level boss it is. The Hydra has yeah. three heads in the arcade, and they're all going at once. And in right. the Super Nintendo. It starts out with three heads, kind of as to introduce the boss, and it's really slow and choppy until that third head pulls off, and it's just you versus two. And I feel like if the Super Nintendo had a third character sprite on there, it would just be un- unplayably choppy. Yeah. Choppy, I think it was a, yeah. a technology limitation. I got to that point playing single player, and what they do to compensate for that 
is the third head goes away, and then once you kill one of the two, then the other one comes, comes out, out. Right. and you fight it. Uh, one of the other things, um, Phil, as well, speaking of that, is one of the bosses at, uh, in the arcade game, there's... Do you remember the, there was a guy we were fighting and then these two dragons would pop out from time to time and shoot fire at us from the sidelines? It's when you're fighting the Black Knight, I think, Yeah, right? yeah. That, that was not in Those the Super Nintendo. The two dragons right. are not in the Super Nintendo version. And that fight is way easier Oh yeah. Super <laughs> Nintendo version. Oh, yeah. So remind folks listening, what, what did you guys play it on? Because I was playing on original hard... Well, I guess not original hardware. It was a, a whatever kind of Super Nintendo, Nintendo combo unit but i was playing on original cartridge but you guys were doing on on the bundle i think which was the actual arcade we we played the arcade version together yes yeah i played i played my single player snes on my retroid and i played the single player snes on my snes um and captured it if you go to the tadpog youtube channel if you're listening to this and want to watch that playthrough um i did play through as the fighter because I was just going to play single player, um, I didn't really... I'm sure Nikki would have joined me if I would have asked her, but it was also kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I've already played through this game four times, the ar- <laughs> like the arcade version, because I uh-huh. played twice with y'all, mm-hmm. and then previously I played single player ar- through the arcade version twice. So it's like, I just want to get this one. In. I just want to see... I just want to play the Super Nintendo version once, yeah. see what it's like mm-hmm. it, to compare, because obviously the arcade version superior. Um, but like I played through as the fighter, I can't imagine playing through a single player, uh, game as like the wizard uh-uh. or the elf. Like, I mean, oh. like you need some tanks, you need so, some people to take some hits. Yeah, so I played really through do. it three times this morning and I started with the dwarf and I got to the end boss. I got to Gildas, the, the red dragon and got Gildas down to two bars of health there are are eight bars of health for every boss and that's using all three hidden continues you start with two continues you get five lives per continue and then there are three more hidden behind pillars and columns throughout the game that you can find and the second playthrough i did with the elf and i actually started out the elf is a really solid starting character because you can just keep guys at a distance but eventually the enemies get harder and harder and you don't progress fast enough to be able to kill them at distance and that i actually did worse with the elf but i did the third playthrough with with the wizard and was it was a relatively rough couple of levels starting out but about halfway through the game i was just mowing through enemies and it became super easy to actually beat the game with two additional continues left to go and and two lives left on my third continue so the wizard was an incredibly easy playthrough. I haven't done it with with the fighter or the uh, the cleric yet, but the wizard was by far of the three I tried the easiest by by a country mile. I thought fighter was pretty. I thought fighter was relatively easy to get through with, mm-hmm. but it's just because that's just like utilizing his reach because his reach is insane. Yeah, um, like his reach is actually farther than the animation looks like. <laughs> so yeah. it's like. And once I kind of like figured that out, it's like I'm gonna exploit this on every boss. Do you know the name of the fighter? Gosh, I no, I don't. Who? What's his name? Not De- Conan. Derek. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else has relatively kind of fantasy or medieval style names, and then there's Derek the fighter. I saw the Japanese Derek. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are the other? What are the names of the others? So there's Vargas the dwarf. Ah. There's Aldo the cleric. Um, Ledger or Legger L E G E R the wizard, and then Ravel or Ravel. I'm not sure the elf. Whose age is question mark? I Same think with it's the interesting dwarf. that they all have bios. Uh-huh. And it's like, again, once once again, that Lord of the Rings thing where the elves are super old. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah they totally. don't really talk about it, but they're old. Yeah. No, no blood type though. We don't get the Capcom blood type. Yeah, that is a little disappointing. Well, where would this guy, uh, this game fall for you guys? Like, in the spectrum, is it a top one hundred, bottom one hundred, somewhere in the middle? Uh, it's a top 100 for, I, for me. I agree. I agree. I would easily take another beat-em-up off the list, or honest, if I'm being real true to myself, I'd take a puzzle game off the list <clears throat> and throw uh, this on there. I feel like this is a really, really strong showing. Um, uh, I, I mean, this is one that I would go back and play again and again. Uh, I do wish that maybe there were some... Uh, I mean, there are difficulty options in the menu. I don't know. I was trying to find something to nitpick, and I really I can't. No. Um, for I don't me, like the shields. I feel like the shield mechanic is kind of weak. The like, block, yeah, yeah, that was sh- on that my list true. as well. I didn't really. I see that your shield upgrades, and I don't know if that just adds to your hit points or if you're supposed to. You mentioned last night when we were playing, you're supposed to be able to at the right moment hold back, and the shield would work. I had read that. I don't know if it's true, but something Phil probably does because I know he read the game facts. But something that lends credence to that is in the options on the Super Nintendo. Uh, there is the option to turn shield to manual or auto. Oh, yeah, because okay. in in okay. typical Capcom Street Fighter beat 'em up fashion or fighter fashion, uh, the default is you press back when the enemy attacks you to block. But unlike in a Street Fighter game, when you press back, you don't continue facing forward. You walk the other direction. So if you don't do it at the exact perfect frame, you just turn around and then the enemy hits you in the back. And I find I find mm-hmm. the blocking mechanic to be really really poorly done in the game yep. and it's part of why yeah. i enjoy the wizard and the and the elf as much as i do is because you don't have to really fuck with that at all it's just just pure yeah. offense and they, i didn't do it when i was playing the fighter i didn't bother i didn't bother no, trying either. because right, it was just yeah. like fuck it i'm just gonna kill him right yeah totally I, I don't have time to everything was attacking all at once right. there was no perfect moment right you know so if i'm blocking this guy i might drop my guard and just get hit by the next guy. So right. there wasn't a whole lot of point in it. Other other things that, you know, kind of we're, we're picking nits on this thing. Un, it fell into that trope of beat from the time where there's just unblockable damage. And I, I feel that's a result of it being an arcade port where you need to chew through quarters. So there's going to be situations where you have no no alternative but to take damage from a boss and that can be very frustrating when you've got limited continues and you're watching, you know, if you, if you're fighting the end boss or you're fighting Gildas and if you get up close to its face, uh, which you have to, if you are a melee character, then the claw that is kind of dangling above you will reach over and grab it. You cannot, you cannot dodge the claw. It just picks you up and throws you away for a set amount of damage. And it's just unavoidable. And I, I always find that, type of mechanic very frustrating yeah it's always like uh, they always do it on the last boss uh-huh. too 
because it's like, well, you're in in for a penny, out for a pound, you know, where it's just kind of like, uh, hopefully you said idiom correctly, but there, but it's essentially, hey man, you already spent twenty bucks. Right. Like, are you really gonna walk away now? You stop at the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give us twenty more so you can beat this boss, and then you <laughs> say that cost you did it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we we talked about this. We think in our second playthrough, we probably burned, we probably burned about six or seven bucks a piece. Continuing, That's yeah, not bad. I felt That's, like it was pretty cheap. That would have been a lot but better than again, Simpsons Arcade or X Men. Easy, yeah, X Men. No. Oh my god, that Magneto <laughs> fight! I mean, that Magneto <laughs> fight is just like, give how much do you have? <laughs> I remember playing that at um, at the the with the group at the Louisville Arcade Expo. Um, what's the name of that restaurant? I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden. Um, that has Dairy Queen. No, that's where I throw <laughs> up. Uh, the other place. Uh, anyway, it's the it's a restaurant that has like a bunch of um, our, uh, arcade barcade? machines. It's a it Maybe. is a barcade. Yeah, is it just bar? Is it just barcade? I thought no. it was just barcade. It could be wrong. I think you you might be right. Is but there? They have X Men there, and I remember playing that with the full group, and it was like. I was worried that we were going to run out of quarters uh, or tokens because people are just throwing them up on the on the control panel, being like, "Whoever needs them, take them." Because yeah. Magneto's killing us all constantly. <laughs> so, is there a chance that the Magneto fight is actually a very meta? fight where Magneto is drawing your quarters into the machine. (laughs) I don't know if quarters are magnetic, but it feels very appropriate. Uh, He could control all metal, not just magnetic metal. (laughs) Okay, yeah. It's whatever the plot needs him to control, he can do it. I remember (laughs) reading that one comic where he ripped the quarters out of Wolverine's <laughs> pocket. <laughs> it was very traumatic, and he had to go live in the woods because he didn't have any money anymore. <laughs> he went feral because he didn't have yeah, any money. Right, yeah. exactly. I thought the music in this game was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I So I looked into it, and uh, uh, it's by a composer named Yoko Shimomura, who uh, did the music for like Breath of Fire, uh, which makes sense being a Capcom game. But like, Kingdom Hearts, like a mm. bunch of the Kingdom mm. Hearts. Like I was reading them, like there are this many Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she did the music for that and the Legend of Mana, um, and the Mario and Luigi game series. Uh, Super Mario RPG was on that list, um, and Xenoblade Chronicles and Street Fighter Two. And I was like, hell yeah! I don't feel like it was. Damn. I mean, I, it was great music, and there was like a there's a there is a level in this game. Uh, it's like one of the caverns, and when I was listening to it. I was like, "Did they like get the inspiration from this song to do the music in like the the library in Symphony of the Night?" <laughs> Which I think is like one of like oh, that's a great track. Yep. But I was listening to it, and I was like, "This sounds like has like a lot of similarities <laughs> to that." So that's a long way of saying I like the music. I wish the info was a little more clear. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever you went like to the character selection, that it you got like stats, so you could see yeah. how hard they hit, reach, quantify how fast they level up. Because the cleric, for everything I read, the cleric levels up faster than some of the other classes. The dwarf will yep. level lower. So it's just I wish the differences were more clearly defined when you when you were at character select. Yeah, at character select that would be nice. They that, do they do get into that a little bit on the in the attract modes, but I mean in order to do that you have to sit through I think it's like 5 minutes of mm-hmm. attract modes to get through 
through all of that. Yeah. That seems yeah. like something, and I didn't look at the, I didn't find a copy of the instruction manual. That seems like something that at the time would have been in the instruction manual. I was able to find that information on on game facts where you can see, you know, the the elf is ranked fourth in hit points and fifth in attack and fifth in defense, first in speed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, the reason the cleric is so so powerful, is such a good character, is that he is he is third in his worst stat. He's like first, second, and third compared to everybody else. Everyone else is kind of like min max. You're you're really good at something and really bad at something, but the cleric is kind of like the the improved Mario of of the yeah. five. Jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I do master wish. of a few. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of like jack of all trades, I mean, I do think that, in, and we're picking nits. I would have yeah. loved if there was like a thief character in this yeah. game. I mean, that yeah. would be a lot of fun to play. Where it's like the mechanic is, if you're behind somebody, you can deal backstab damage. I yeah. mean, like you can deal. Yeah, like I feel like there was, could be some really. There could be some fun to be had. Well, there there was the a full thief. real D and D party, right? Yeah, there was a there thief, was but thief, but just not in playable <laughs> in the ar- in the arcade version. Yeah, there yeah. was a thief. Yeah, and I think that's great because it's like if like a you leave treasure on the ground long enough, usually in a beat 'em up, it eventually disappears with no reason, <laughs> and that is how it happened. That's how it works in the Super Nintendo version. It just evaporates. Uh-huh. Um, but in the arcade version, if it sits there long enough. A thief will run from the side of the screen, pick it up, and and run off. And you have the opportunity to to hit the thief and retrieve it. Get a bag full of question mark. Right. Yeah. yeah you're right. Exactly. Bag full of duck cloacas. Could be anything in there. Won't you guys have any achievements? I do. Got a couple. Uh, my first achievement. We discussed this last night. Elf needs food badly. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and to kill a to get that you kill a boss with the elf with all but one of your health gone. Like you're about you're just one more hit and you're dead. But you got that boss. That happened to me. Um, the next one is you've heard of Elf on the Shelf. How about <laughs> Dwarf on the Wharf? <laughs> <laughs> and to get that uh, you fight alongside the dwarf character as Elf on the moving boat. On the boat level where it's moving and you're fighting all the <laughs> monsters that are right. Alternative uh, Chivo, ne- Cleric with Derek, the fighter. <laughs> cleric with Derek, yes. Good one. Uh, next one I have is nobody cr- nobody tosses a dwarf. It's one of my... That's, <laughs> I only had one, actually, the Lord of the Rings reference. Uh, I get picked up and tossed across the screen by the big red dragon, Gildas, at the end. And my final achievement is yoga fire uh, and have all three party members get burned Dalsam style by the uh, dragon at the end at the same time. All three of you getting toasted because the animation for when you catch fire is exactly that it's, it's the Capcom you catch fire and they got mileage out of that yeah. engulfed in flames. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. they were like, Yep, we got we're on to something. It's a good animation, yep. we're gonna do the, keep it. Yep, yep. All, well, well, you get that when all three of your party members get fried by Gildas at the same time. Dalsam style chicken, very big in India, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a few achievements as well. Uh, my first is uh, Fig 8, Make You Cry. <laughs> uh, and in order to unlock Fig 8, Make You Cry, uh, you need to upgrade your weapon to Fig 8. 
I don't know why they call the upgrades in this game. They, they're prefaced with fig? Fight? Like F-I-G? F-I-G-H-G? What, what, Phil? What, is it fight? Is it an abbreviation for fight or fighter? Probably. Probably <laughs> is. I guess I didn't pay it. Yeah, I guess it is. So fig eight, you have to be the fighter in order to unlock it. And I was like, my brain was just like, I guess figure, because it was like a figure. In I a, figure you'll need this. <laughs> like a figure in like a, like a diagram or something. <laughs> uh, my next achievement is uh, hold dwarf gently like a hamburger. Uh, in order to unlock hold dwarf gently like a hamburger. Uh, you have to play as the dwarf and get grappled by the cyclops as he raises you to his mouth, much like a hamburger. <laughs> Dude, I laughed so that was so funny to me last night. We're playing and like Tyler's playing the dwarf, and the cy- the cyclops, this giant cyclops, literally grabs him and pulls him up to his mouth, <laughs> like he's gonna eat a hamburger. I loved it so much. Also, the dwarf's face was so <laughs> fucking great. Um. Next achievement, uh, Dragon Ian. In order to unlock Dragon Ian, uh, you have to dre- you have to defeat the uh, Dragonian boss of stage eleven with your friend who is named Ian. <laughs> uh, and the last achievement I have is unlimited power. In order to unlock unlimited power, upgrade the wizard's weapon uh, until he can cast lightning bolt. Phil. So I got two, but I've, I've got alternatives for them. So the first one I have is, uh, so he was made of frogs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and that is defeat the dark wizard Majin Hugo, who's described as Gildas's right-hand man, who's, I think, the, the boss of level 13, who, when you kill him, will evaporate into a bunch of frogs. Uh, and the alternative Chivo for that is, there are some who call me... Hugo. <laughs> and the other one I have is it's raining orcs. Hallelujah. It's raining orcs. And uh, that is kill an orc before it touches the ground because uh, there are two oh, ways that harpies. enemies enemies come in. Sometimes they'll come in from the side. Sometimes they'll just drop from the ceiling, orcs and skeletons included. Yeah. So if you can if you can kill one before they actually touch the ground, they get that. And uh, the alternative trivial for that is let the bodies hit the floor in, <laughs> in, honor of the, in honor of the theory that the two songs, It's Raining Men and Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, are interpretations of the same event from two different people. <laughs> nice. I had two. Uh, first one, Valve Poverty, Pick Up No Treasure, which I almost did in my first playthrough uh, because I noticed as the dwarf... I don't know. I didn't like rushing over and trying to pick treasure that I didn't like immediately chop an enemy to get. Then I noticed I was like three levels lower than everybody else <laughs> because one, the dwarf levels up slow. Two, I wasn't getting the treasure. So it got better once I was just like, yeah. all right, you so gotta, you unwritten get... rule, everybody just grab whatever you can. It's, it's fine. No, <laughs> written. I said it. <laughs> yeah, get in the pit and try to love somebody. Grab the shit. You if you don't it. grab it, I'm grabbing it. That's the alternative for that. Get in the pit and try to love someone. Uh, my second one is eat them at the library. Nice. Eat, eat ten strawberries. Nice. Nice. Yes, Scrubs <laughs> reference. Yes, the best Scrubs reference. <laughs> you redder than a strawberry. So, <laughs> speaking of the food, so one thing I wanted to note out, point out, which is like I think a cool, cool attention to detail thing. 
Um, you know, what is, what is one of the most frustrating parts of a beat-em-up is that when you're, you're playing and the, the life power-up drops, but you've got full life, so it's useless to you. Except in this game, where if you eat a, a health power-up when you've got full life, it goes onto your experience points. Yeah. So you're still benefiting from eating life that doesn't help you, which I thought was an yeah. awesome small little detail. Yeah, that is, that is great. And I mean, I know we didn't talk about the enemies a whole lot, but I mean, I think the enemies are are great. You're fighting. I mean, you are fighting a lot of the same ones, but like Orc they kind of their appearance changes too. Like the skeletons get better weapons and better shields later on, or and, they'll put two in there instead of one, so mm-hmm. you fight two of the different ones. And yeah, I like right. that a lot. And I, I think in like there are Sahagans in this game, which mm-hmm. is like very interesting and. I, I I thought it was uh, it was enough it was enough for me and yeah the little harpies and like all that and it was so that was that good. made me remember one thing that I wanted to point out is this game has a very Disney universe approach to dragons the way Disney approaches dogs because there are sentient upright walking dragons and then there are mm. like herd dragons that you ride that are not sentient it's it's the difference between goofy and pluto and this yeah. game doesn't really know where dragons exist in the the whole hierarchy of species it's true and neither of them neither of those types are wearing pants no so if one of those <laughs> is taking a nap you don't know what you're dealing with it's, it's <laughs> fucking cloaca is just hanging out all over the place <laughs> And we didn't. I mean, we talked about the spells a little bit too. But like Phil, when you th- when you had your uh, you had your frogs uh, achievement, it reminded me that it's like there are a bunch of different spells in this game that mm-hmm. like the orbs that you pop, uh, and like one of those is it transforms all the enemies on the stage into and in, on the screen into frogs. Yeah, there's a me- a meteor spell. Um, there's, I, I mean, there's, I think it's really cool. Just there's fire like and lightning. 10 or eight or 10 of those. Yeah, it's cool. And actually, so we kind of glossed over this a little bit, but you know, in, in typical beat em up fashion, you do the extra joy, you do the, the magic spell. It takes life away from you, but as a way to kind of balance that a little bit, the fighter and the dwarf, it takes more life away from you to kind of illustrate that they are worse at magic than some of their counterparts. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's that's a nice depth. That's a, that's a nice detail. They, it's real. This game is really designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them, I mean, they just thought about a lot of like the mechanics are very designed, and I think I think that's cool. I like it. How much do you guys think this game is? I bet this is a rare one. Is what I would imagine. I've never seen a copy in the wild. Phil, you played on an emulator, right? No, I I have the game, and actually, yeah, I you do have it. I looked this up last year because we were we were in the middle of doing an a trust um, where we're we're having to go to a a lawyer and and, and you know figure out our whole will and how much our estate is worth and everything. So I was going through my my game collection and trying to figure out what how expensive everything was. So I have a vague idea of what king of dragons worth but it's been about six to nine months so i'm not totally sure i'll let you guys kind of guess first and then give my somewhat informed opinion on it i know the answer so i can't guess so yeah it's and? Left, left up to to you two um 
I have never heard of it either. I never saw mm-hmm. it. I didn't know anything about it. But that doesn't mean much. That counts for a lot of these for me. But um, I'll go high. I'll say $68. 68 bucks. I'll say 40 40 bucks from Tyler. That sounds All right. All right, Phil. I, I, I'm the way in. I feel like it's somewhere in the 35 to $60 range. I'm going to say 55 55 Yeah. Actual retail value of King of Dragons for the Super Nintendo, loose on average, according to PriceCharting.com, is $118.07. Holy cats. Which is a heartbreak for me because I, <laughs> I would like to buy this game. Um, but I don't know if I $118 want to buy it. I'll, you know? s- I'll sell my copy for $110. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Tyler. Yes, Dave. If you were to give this game a beard that sums up how you feel about it, what kind of beard would it be? Uh, just because you mentioned it, how you wish as the wizard got more powerful that your beard would grow longer. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So I'd give this the, the atypical long white wizard beard. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah, because the wizard in this game has like a like a nice has nice cropped facial hair. And yeah. <laughs> Sometimes doesn't have a face. Yeah. <laughs> I think you only see it when he takes his cowl down. There's um, art in the Japanese manual that, that shows he's got like a nice short cropped beard. Yeah. He's a he, he's a young fledgling wizard. Yeah. Uh, like uh he's one of the characters is like thirty I think the oldest character is thirty four. I think the cleric's thirty four, um, and I think the fighter and the wizard are in their late twenties. Yeah. And then the other two are unknown. <laughs> Tyler. Yes, Dave. If you were to give this game a pair of glasses, what kind of glasses would you give it? Well, I feel I feel like I, I of course I like the thief character. I feel like there should be a thief character like we talked about. But if there's a DLC character, it would have to be a pirate. So I feel like there'd have to be a pirate DLC for like nine ninety nine. You get the pirate character, <laughs> the pirate pack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to give it the uh, the pirate spyglass as something, some sort of glasses. No one's got glasses in this game. So what would they have? They don't have a spyglass. Spyglass, a scope. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some cartographer's tools. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I have some very unfortunate news to announce. Rip. We yeah. have lost a member of uh the tadpog podcast um flopsy flopsy is dead oh no (laughs) flopsy no longer functions as a book flopsy is what in the world i think that's mold don't get that very too close to your face dude because that might be mold or it's fits mildew that's better it's been in tyler's bathroom could you hand me the hand sanitizer i just handled the corpse of flopsy i guess guess it's been down there it's just covered in piss well, you've been doing the Scott Pilgrim game. So. Yeah. That's sad. So, I'm sorry, Flopsy. Now you we'll... will be remembered always in our hearts. In memory of Flopsy, I give this game four stars. Four stars. Yeah, I Resin hope. Resident Sage says, check it out. I would assume that this was very uncommon in three and a half stars. Three and a half feels right. Lot. I would have bought this, by the way. This is, as a rent yeah. or buy, I would have oh, bought this. Oh, sorry. I forgot to ask uh, that. No, no. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, I would have too. I have it in my notes. Yeah, but I just forgot to mention. I would totally have bought this. Um, and then if a friend came over, I would. it would be one of those where it's like, hey, 
You want to play King of Dragons? You definitely want to play King of Dragons. Because I haven't beat it two-player yet, and I'd like to, mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yeah. I wonder if I can get a shadow box for Flopsy and put it on the wall. I love that idea. I, that. I do. I love that idea. I'll go look at Michael since I refuse to go to Hobby Lobby any longer. <laughs> because they moved, right? Right. That's <laughs> another part of it. They're on the bad side of the mall now. <laughs> Well, I guess that's pretty much all we got. Yeah, I had a quiz for our third segment, but our first segment was very long, and I feel like our second segment was long uh, and good. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like all this was good. So, no third segment. A lot to say today. This week. Yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. Let's call it. Word. Uh, so, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the show on iTunes, not SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, just all over the place. Just Google Tadpog. Not tap dog, tadpog. Not not tadpog. Yeah. Google's gonna say, tadpole. "Did you mean tadpole?" <laughs> say no. No, I did not. <laughs> Just like I googled, why wasn't Jesse in the Saved by the Bell movie? And Google was like, "Did you mean why wasn't Jesus in the Saved by the Bell movie?" <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's like no, but if that's the thing people are asking, yeah, I do want to see the answer. Now <laughs> Jesus and Buddha it. can't be in the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> So while I'm looking up some more uh, Patreon content, you got some executive producers, Ian? I do. I have a list. And uh, as I've mentioned before, you are legally required to listen to this list. Um, also, if you want to throw us a buck, you got, you know, we'd you love to have it. You are also legally required uh, to throw us a buck. Put it toward, towards the show. Um, Patreon.com slash Patreon. Tadpog. slash Tadpog. And the people that I'm about to read to you are the ones that donate to us every single month $25 or more and I will start this list with Cousin David Galino Temporal Eternal Savior Cubicle Monkey Plinko Nick Price Executive Producer Dick Dougie Enthusiast Jeff Miners Master Cycle Baron Kevin Link Bantha Master Gamebug Prime Nathan Eaton Matt Gentile aka Gentle G congratulations on your marriage Usurper Grimm, Princess Banana Hammock, Flavor Trick, Taryn Landon, Pinball Archmaze, Chris Edler, we're sorry you couldn't be on this episode, Platinum Member, Brett Miller, some stranger named Sandwich Pope File <laughs> Hawkins, I don't, I don't know who that is. I think it's Sandwich Pop. Sandwich Pope Phil Hawkins, uh, Nate from Utah, first time caller, and Sick Jake, we're sorry you fell for the marketing. Thank you guys. Yes, thank you very much. You're Except welcome. for Phil. Except for Fire. <laughs> Phil, thanks for being on. Mm-hmm. Happy to be on here. It's been this is my first episode in the 600s. I was looking through. I'd done on a bunch in the 500s, oh, wow. and then um, once you guys uh, started doing some of the actual play stuff and and having Ian on a little bit more regularly, then I, you know, I know my place. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a, we had a randomizer like amazingness for a while where we kept drawing the games on your short list. For real, yeah, I was true. looking back, was and like, it's... can you do this in your marriage? Be okay. You've done several of these. <laughs> that reminds me: are are we going to do a randomizer to determine the next game after Scott Pilgrim, or whenever you guys need to do another game? Absolutely, sure we will. Definitely are. do that. Okay. Are you guys ready to do that? Are you ready to pray? Come on, okay. Lord of the Rings, pray, Volume One. Let's go. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go get this batter up peripheral. Plug it in. Put my head on it, wild and crazy kid style. Say the prayer we all love to say. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Two fourteen.
Not Lord of the Rings. No, it's, it's not Lord of the Rings. Maybe the F's or the G's. It is, in fact, the G's. All right. Here's a hint. If you want to stop guessing, we've already done it. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's Gradius Three. Oh, okay. Well, let's pray again. Let's start it all over. <laughs> all right. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. 558. Have we done it? That's up there. We have done it. Damn. It is Super Battle Tank 2. You want to start the machine up again? It's very expensive every time we do it. Gas fucking through the room. I know. We got to do it. I know. All right. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. One, eight, six. <laughs> Bubsy. Not Bubsy. Mm. Have we done it? We've done it. God damn it. Damn. <laughs> it is Final Fantasy 3. Well, that doesn't exist in the normal scheme of things anymore. That is true. So how about we redo that? You want to redo Final Fantasy 3? Let's redo Final Fantasy 3. All right. I'm good with that. Ian, are you good with that? Sure. All right. Final Fantasy 3. It works that we're doing this intermittently with Scott Pilgrim, so there's time to yeah. revisit it. To play it, yeah. Yep. Game of the month. Is it too late to nominate? Probably is. Yeah, it's too late to nominate. You could nominate for next month. All right. I think. Yeah, I don't know. You have to. Dane's. Uh, uh, Dane is the the new president of the Tadpog Game of the Month Club. On Dane Discord. is the new King of Dragons. Dane, King of Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well, our theme song is moved by Sycamore Drive. Look at that track from the show at Tadpog.com. How you guys want to close it out? Phil? As the muffled voices of the characters in this game, which sound like you're hearing them through a very, very poorly maintained rest like drive through box. <laughs> <laughs> that weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's like. I, I, every time I heard that, um, I thought of Superman that hoe. Uh, every time that you, you're victorious, they're all like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so until next time. Shall we? Let's do it. Yep. I'm well, back. Phil, are you back? Oh, Phil's back. Oh, Shit, I didn't I've been realize. waiting here for you guys and um, right. looking at Wikipedia. Sorry. I didn't speak up. My bad, dude. No, no. I would have stopped way, way earlier. Did you guys uh, go out for a cigarette break? My bad. That's. I did. Like That seems like a me. long break. I was sitting here. I'm like, someone's having a cigarette. <laughs> They're well, definitely been, fucking each other. We've been <laughs> <They're> definitely. <laughs> Not to completion. Not to complete. No, <laughs> it takes me a long time, Phil. I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention over the years. But. <laughs> Get a few days of recharge, maybe. 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 <laughs>